Welcome to RPG Cast episode 455 for the week of March 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Chris Vertier, here to bring you the weekly RPG news. Let's bring this camera full screen, full screen, so that those who are sitting in our stream, which is live right now, by the way, at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, live every week at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, live every week except when we have illnesses, surgeries, or as Anna Marie had last week, kidney stones. Hi, Anna Marie. How are you feeling this week? I'm sitting upright. And you're not screaming. I'm not screaming. Improvement. Yes. Joining us as well, Alice Wilkinson. Yeah, I'm still here, although I won't be for much longer. Going for her own surgery. And then Kelly Ryan, I think, is the last person we have on. Uh, Fun fun fact, I have never had surgery in my entire life. Good job. Keep it that way. We we have one stealth person on, too. We have a stealth? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Stringer, hello. I guess I just need to log off now. <laughs> no, totally us. Hi. All right. That works. Again, no Josh Carpenter, which is too bad because he has some games we really want to hear him talk about. I want to hear him talk about Moss. I know. We'll have to come back later. Uh, how's everyone doing? Excellent. No kidney stones, so I guess everyone's fine. Yeah, any week without kidney stones is a victory. <laughs> any any week that we're recording at this point is a victory. We are recording. Folks, <laughs> I played a game that wasn't Final Fantasy XI these past couple weeks. So I want you doubt. to know. You doubt me. <laughs> yeah, doubt. <laughs> you were there. You doubt were sitting Jeff. next to me the whole time, Anne-Marie. That's true. You grounded me from eleven one night. No 11 today. <laughs> I did. Go play this other game. I did. And I did. So I've been playing Monster Hunter World. I rolled credits on it last night. Yay! Chris finished a game, which of course with Monster Hunter means I'm ready to start the game. <laughs> I, asked him, I asked him last night, I'm like, you finished the game. What are you going to play now? And he's like, more Monster Hunter? <laughs> like, what a stupid question. Yeah, that, that, that's one of those games where you just keep playing forever. It's like an MMO. You get to the end, and now it starts. I was going to say, I was going to ask if it was like WoW, where the level cap was the game. So they do have a level cap in it that plays a weird system. Um, so you get to the credits, and that unlocks your level cap to the next level cap. <laughs> so I was locked at Monster Hunter rank 15. Uh, Hunter rank 15, rather. And then um, I finished credits, and I was uh, the new cap became 29. I've put so much time into the game, my character is already 29. It was immediately 29 <laughs> upon hitting the cap, and they gave me the quest for the next cap, which I haven't done because it looks really hard, and I'm going to have to get some friends to help. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of want to not do anything but the cap quest just to see how far had I leveled my hunter to <laughs> while capped. Because <laughs> it keeps track of your experience before you get there. So... Um, the actual cap seems to be like 999, so that, that's like when you get completely unlocked, but there's like a 29 rank, a 49, a, uh, a 99, and then uh, and then I think they just let you go on your merry way. <laughs> um, 
But those things don't matter. Those numbers don't really matter much. They're just kind of a mild status symbol. So people kind of get an idea of how crazy you are when they're partying up with you. Like, oh, that that dude's put a lot of time in this game. Um, <laughs> he either knows what he's doing or he real bad and got carried a lot. Um, so usually means they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, so now that now the Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter World. Did we talk about Monster Hunter World at all? A little bit. It's a, Monster, it's a Monster Hunter game. So if you really detest Monster Hunter games, don't expect anything new here. As a Monster Hunter game, though, it has improved so many aspects of Monster Hunter. You don't have to carry around things like pick, pickaxes and stuff anymore. It's, it's kind of like playing as the Palco mode in Generations. Um, they streamline a lot of the things. You get to gather stuff really easily. You get to just jump into quests real easily. The online's integrated okay. Uh, where they have this mode where you could just, when you're on a quest, you say, hey, come join me in my quest. And you can kind of search for, hey, what are quests that people have flagged they need help in? Whereas before in Monster Hunter, you used to have to all gather up in a gathering hall. You'd have to all accept the same quest. And if somebody departed on a quest while somebody was still in the gathering hall and hadn't flagged themselves as ready to go on that quest, they were left behind and they could not join on that quest while in progress. So all that's been changed. Everything's very much drop-in, uh, drop-out sort of gameplay. Um and uh, yeah, just everything's a lot easier, a lot more streamlined. It's a lot more about hunting and still killing things. Monsters are still hard. You still have to learn attacks and tells and how to dodge. And there's a bunch of different weapon types to learn. It's real good. I'm really sad I can't play as a cat in this one. I played as a kitty cat in the last one. It was really fun. But uh, it's fine. I played as a human. And I've got an insect glaive. And I do little sprint. I do little pole jumping, pole vaults on top of the monsters all the time. That's kind of like my... That's what I do. I send my insect out. It sucks uh, juice out of the monster's head, which makes me attack really fast. And then I jump onto the, their back and then ride them around. And um, yeah, that's... Uh, I feel like there's a lot one could say about Monster Hunter, but uh, unless any of you have played it, <laughs> I don't really know how to, to explain yeah, it. I've well. not really, I've never, never really been a fan of the Monster Hunter series. The closest thing I ever played was that weird Macross game back on the PS3. Is that a Monster Hunter game? Well, it, the only reason I mentioned that it was like felt like Monster Hunter was mostly just due to how the progression worked. Like there was kind of like these vaguely open world maps, and in order to unlock new units, you needed to go out and basically hunt things for parts. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot yeah, of what you're felt, doing. Is... It, yeah, it felt pretty pretty Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's a lot of getting parts off monsters, waiting for rare stuff to drop, hunting the same thing over and over again, crafting awesome gear that makes you either look cool or do a lot better. It's about uh, combining pieces together to get uh, ability. Like each piece will have like one or two ranks in an ability, and then you can max out uh, an ability type thing by putting up enough pieces that have ranks on it, and then you have a. Uh, seven ranks in um monster jumper I, i'm making this up i jump over monsters really fast um <laughs> say you want to get to rank seven on that because at rank seven like when i drop over it i'm able to drop eggs on its head or something like that so i really wish these are real abilities now that i'm making up in my head but the uh <laughs> when you do all this sort of stuff uh, you get the you get your set together and you've got all your maxed out abilities and then you're like really cool and you go fight with people and say hey see look i jump over the monster i dropped an egg isn't that cool i don't you wish you could do that and they're like yeah i wish i could do that what did you kill i killed this one thing 17 times to get uh, four of its horns and it's like oh man i hate fighting that thing well i'll come help you and that's what monster hunter's about um, so there's your summary how how robust is the story mode? 
Uh, the main the story campaign. Mode? What do you mean by robust? I mean, like, is there an actual story? There is. The story mode? There is. There always is, but it's loose. It's like, ah, oh, what are these monsters about? We must figure out what they want and why are they here in this new land, and we must do that by killing them all. <laughs> okay. So not not Lord of the Rings or Shakespeare or anything. Oh, it's no. just kind of tying together plot points. You got it. Just it just <clears throat> it just tries to push you along to the next monster to kill. Okay. Yeah, the plot is there to point you to the next monster. That you got it. That is that is really what it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I got through that plot. Now there's no more plot. Now it's just like, oh wow, that one's really strong. You should go kill that. Um, which is more or less what the the plot was the whole time. But now it's they're just more, you know, less uh, more blatant about it. I guess. Uh, so, Jonathan, you've been playing it, right? Trying to. Trying to. What does that mean? Means it's all right, and I'm playing it, and then I get done playing it. It's not like I come into my game room to play a game. I'm like, oh, I really want to get back to Monster Hunter. It's like, oh, I just bought this new game. Maybe I should go play Monster Hunter. So I'm kind of trying to force myself to do it. Are you playing alone so, or with people? So far alone. But I have some friends that, hey, let's all play, and we haven't really been playing together. That will help a lot, um, but you know that. Um, but yeah, my know. biggest problem is the controls. Yeah? Yeah. Getting, uh, I don't know, getting used to the controls again on the, the dual analog stick on the console. I always seem to be facing away from the the uh, monster, and then it wants to run away, and then it's chased the monster around the map for a while. Hey, but no zone, no loading times between zones of the map, which in the old versions, you did. There would be zone lines, and the monster would actually knock you across zone lines, and you'd zone into the other zone, and you'd be like, ah, why am I over here now? Where's the monster? Oh, he knocked me across a zone line. Mm. All that's gone. <laughs> it, it may just end up being that I'm one of those that Monster Hunter's just not for, but we'll see. So far, it's kind of like I don't dislike my time when I'm playing it, but it's one of those when I go to play it again, I'm not like, yeah, I can't re really wait to play it kind of thing. I've probably put in about six, seven hours in it so far, if that. So not a ton of time, but... I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you, and that's fine. It's, uh... I could see the movement being, or I could see the controls getting in the way of some things. Um, yeah, you have to get used to pressing R3 to focus on the monster. And I do that a lot when I get turned around, like, where's the monster? Oh, R3. Camera spins around. Oh, there's a monster. Hi, monster. Oh, you just fireballed me in the face. Yeah, I mean, it's not that bad, but I'll start attacking, and then the monster is there, and then I'm stuck in this attack animation that takes me 20 feet from the monster, and then i got to turn around and try to hit what him again. What weapon are you using? Have you tried other weapons? No, I, I probably should try the weapon. That is like but always I do a big like deal. Yeah. I have the uh, like the axe that switches to the sword. The sword that switches to the, the axe, switch axe and shield. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, sword and shield that switches to like the the big axe thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is, I thought it was pretty cool. A lot of people who are are struggling with the game find that they go to dual blades and enjoy that as a way to mm -hmm. get into it further and start collecting parts and then 
and then level up their character some to kind of get established. So that's that's a good recommendation, I think. Um, but yeah. I mean, I haven't like it hasn't been difficult to where I've died or anything, to where oh I just can't do this game. It's more just a annoyance. That's a better way to put it. Like some people, the controls are so annoying to or so bothersome to them that they're they're dying and they just can't do anything. To me, it's more of a it's just aggravates me. But I've been playing a lot of PC for like the last two years, so going back, to, I think it's a lot of it's going back to the analog stick controllers. It's pissing me off. Okay. I wouldn't even say piss me. That's probably a little too strong. It's more of a, a minor annoyance. That uh, the game looks great. It's, it's really nice looking. It's pretty, you know, big running around. Um, the whole trying to that another thing is trying to okay the monsters over here and it's up or down and trying to find paths up or down to where that monster is can be where the hell am I going half the time or if I feel like I'm going in the right place it just I just kind of seem to bumble along and stumble upon things and that's and without like a rhyme or reason to what I'm doing aren't there fireflies that can help you around with the navigation yeah once you have it like once you start tracking something they start doing that okay or if I'm trying to focus on which monster I want to go to maybe I'm just not doing it right but at the bottom left you can kind of like cycle through them and half the time I don't know if that the little picture at the bottom is the actual monster I want to go for and there's like five of them I don't know if there's an easier way to determine where those are or which one's which do you know Chris Uh, I'm sorry ask that question again the bottom left, there's like a, the little portraits of the monsters that are like in your area. Yeah. And so if I want to track a specific one, I can't really tell which monster I'm actually trying to track at the bottom left. There will be, um, yeah, so when you open a map, you, when you open the map, you can see your scout flies going green in a circle around the one you're tracking. Um, mm-hmm. And if you highlight a, a monster with the cursor and press right the R3 button, it'll switch to tracking that monster. Um, right. I think it does update the icon at the bottom of the screen with which one you're tracking, um, but that can get confusing because you can also keep clicking R3 to change which monster you're focusing your camera yeah. on, and that's separate from which one you're tracking. So it's it's just something to be aware of. That they can be out of sync, and that uh, that might lead to some confusion. Um, that may be one thing, and that in the, on the bottom left, I just can't tell which monster's which just from the little icon. Yeah, it takes a while to learn those. <laughs> and they're okay. too small, and everything's too small on on the on the in this game. The font is too small, and just everything's really far away. Like if you're on the other side of a room from a TV, you might struggle with some of the visual stuff going on in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, in the bottom left is just like this. Okay, here's one indiscernible blob from another little indiscernible blob. Okay, so at least that complaint seems to be something that's yeah that's a real complaint to... yep no. <laughs> um we have do you have did you have fun making your kitty cat helper your palico yeah yeah i guess so i made my guy and then the cat i don't know what the cat really does besides pick up like one thing i mission, but uh, it fights monsters it... with you and distracts them 
And yeah, I've seen as, the distraction. Yeah. As you uh, continue through the game, you can actually discover bands of roving felines on each of the maps. And each, <laughs> when you find them and kind of do a little mini quest for each of them, they will give you a different gadget for your cat that he can use. So instead of just popping out health potions like it does by default, it can also... There's um, uh, a hunting horn item it can get so it can do buffs and stuff on you. There's... Um, one is oh, I forget what the third one is, but the fourth one is um, the plunder knife, where it helps get rare pieces knocked off of the of the monster for you, which helps you get more stuff to uh, level uh, level up your equipment with. So hmm. yeah, so that, that is uh, that in a, is an aspect of playing with the cat. Um, now, if you play online with more than two people, um, so if it's more than you and one other person, the cats go away to make room for. All the multiplayer stuff going on, but uh, ah, okay. but if you team with just one other person, you and both your cats are out, and so that can be fun. Um, hear lots of meowing and cats running around the map, throwing out health potions. Meow, and, meow, yeah. <laughs> that must be really annoying if you have surround sound and actual cats. Um, our cats have dealt with it okay so far. Uh, there have been some times where I'm looking around like, what are my cats doing? Um, and I realize, no, it's the game. Uh, but the cats themselves have not been fooled yet. So... I just know that my cats didn't like Morgana's meowing in Persona 5, and then on the DS version, or on some of the DS games, the meowing was getting on my nerves because the muffled sound sounds like a cat stuck in a closet. So our <laughs> cats were mildly offended by Morgana. Like, <laughs> um, where's that cat? Like, Simon would, like, sit on um, Chris's lap while we played, and, like, when she would do her, or when he would do his, Simon would, like, look at Chris and just, like, stink eye him. <laughs> but beyond that, no, they're pretty cool with cats meowing in games. Uh, my, my cats don't mind other cats, but they just, they kept looking around the entertainment center looking for where the meowing was coming from and it was very funny and like i said my cats are notorious for getting stuck in places where they're not supposed to be so when i hear muffled meowing it's like oh god where's the cat did they get stuck in a closet are they in the laundry room uh. oh yeah, so that would probably cause you some confusion then. <laughs> yeah, it ha well, it happens in most games that have cats meowing that sounds very real, particularly when I have the surround sound going. Yep, this will be no <laughs> exception then. <laughs> yeah. So should, should I finish up my other games as I started on yeah, the monster? Yeah, or, or, yeah. Or are you done, doing? Chris? I mean, they're, they're, I don't know what else to say. Um, I'm really liking it. I, I think there's a lot of game here. Like, a huge amount of game. And if you're a fan of the series, you're going to love it. I think new people wanting to get into it, um, it's going to be way more accessible than older games in the series. Um, especially if any of the stuff I told you about changing sounded horrific, you can imagine why they've made these changes, because they want to appeal more to people like you, who would never have imagined going into a game where you have to load up on pickaxes in order to go hunt ore while you're also hunting a monster, and then the monster hunts you and knocks you to the next stage while you're trying to get the piece of ore that you were just looking for, and now you go back in to go get the piece of ore, and then he kills you, and then you fail the quest, and he's like, I just wanted to mine that point, and Jonathan, you should tell us what else you're playing. 
All right, well, the game I'm playing a bunch that I've talked about before is Rainbow Six Siege. They have a bunch of new, uh, or a new, um, what is it called? Now I'm on a loss for words. Season, sorry. The new season with some new characters. So that's been fun. I I kind of hadn't played that in a, about a year, really, for a while. So I've been playing that some again. But uh, more interesting to you guys, um, I've been playing. Hey, uh, I like Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I, I just haven't logged into it since the season started, which is probably my bad, because I think I have the DLC for it. New characters are pretty OP so far. Finca is pretty nuts. Okay, I'll have to give that a try. Um, And so the other game I'm playing a good bit of is Warsong, which uh, for those who may be unaware, it's uh, the first game in the Langrisser series, and on the Genesis Mega Drive, it is called Warsong. Um. It is a strategy type RPG. Um, it's similar to. It's kind of similar to like maybe Dragon Force a little bit. Uh, some could say, uh, or even to me, some of the battles and the kind of like. Well, no, I guess it's that's a similar. You move your your armies and characters around on a grid, and you have uh, like a hero commander character with up to eight. Uh, support troops and uh, be it soldiers, archers, or whatever. And there's kind of that trinity system where soldiers beat up on archers, archers beat up on horsemen, and horsemen beat up on soldiers. And then there's some other classes like uh, guardsmen who are only good against lizardmen and oozes and with enemy types and mer- mermaid, mermaids or mermen or whatever they are, which just are pretty bad. Unless they're in water, and there's not much water in the game, so they're pretty worthless. Boo. But you get, hmm? Boo. Yeah, I know. They're, they're kind of funny. And then the the commander that gets you mermen is a, a crocodile knight. He actually rides a crocodile. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so you... Hmm? Oh, I was just curious. If, are you playing it on an original Genesis? or? Y- yep. Well, cool. yes and no. I'm playing it on my CDX. Oh, okay. But it's really nice because I have uh, the the uh, component cables from who's that uh, that one retro store that makes them. But and it looks really crisp on the uh, CRT I have, which has component inputs. So it's it, you don't get you that have uh, your fancy uh, your fancy retro setup. Because. <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh, I was just looking on eBay because, like, wow, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this game given how much I love the Genesis. And, yeah, that cart's not cheap. No, Warsong isn't isn't too cheap. It's... <laughs> I actually found it before a lot of these prices started spiking, so I didn't pay. You know, it didn't set me back too bad. Probably 30, 40 bucks. Uh, the... I mean, it's not Crusader of Century bad, but it's yeah. still... <laughs> not cheap either but it's it, you've seen any of the langrisser games oh well i know the the new langrisser game on the d 3ds isn't very good i hear but no it's bad <laughs> there's but overall a, <laughs> there's a girl that i follow she's a she's like a, a full-time journalist and she's like, is this game better than Langrisser? And she actually uses like this horribly translated screenshot from the new Langrisser game. And is like, it is definitely better than this. 
Yeah, because I think those are the only two that are actually officially ported to the West in the mm-hmm. series. But the series overall is pretty well renowned or well well received. Uh, I have Langrisser two translated card on Genesis. I'll probably start playing, and then Der Langrisser is uh, also on. It's on the Super Nintendo. It's also uh, probably people think that one's the best in the series. I've heard. So that's another one to play, and that's translated. So if you get a ROM or a whatever a translated thing, or you get a Super Famicom cart and and like the Retron, you can you can try it on there. That's better. Um, <laughs> uh, so Warsong, I'm probably about halfway through, and I'm really I'm I'm playing this again. I, I played it a long time ago, probably late '90s, early 2000s. I think I was in college, maybe maybe early 2000s. The last time I played it, and uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna do it for her. Um, I'm playing this for it to be on a future backtrack. So I've been talking to to Jooms on it. So that's a, the impetus to play that one specifically. But I always love the game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, now that I'm playing it, though, I'm noticing some of the... There's little, some little annoyances with it. Like the... It's too bad some of the other soldier types aren't that good. So it's almost, it almost tries to make you play in certain ways. And it can be kind of hard sometimes. It, the, it'll be punishing. The AI is absolutely terrible, but <laughs> they will. Their troops are stronger in numbers, and they're so you're kind of outnumbered, but they're stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're really, really bad, and that makes it easier in some regards. However, there are some matches to where you have guest commanders that can't die. And then they will do really stupid attacks. Like you'll have, like the enemy, one of the enemy commanders, and the commanders usually destroy troops, for the most part. Uh, and you'll have your guest hero guy, and he has all his little troops, and he attacks, and he'll like send every one of his troops to get slaughtered, over and over and over again. It doesn't even hurt the enemy, and you're like, wow, very good. So it can be that bad sometimes, but other times it's it's a lot of you know, despite these things, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, another game I, I kind of kicked the dust off is Kohan Immortal Sovereigns. It's a 2001-2002 real-time strategy game, and it was kind of unique in a way. It's it's um it's also like where you have a commander type, and then you formulate a little squad with like four frontline so- soldiers and two support soldiers, and you uh, you go and you capture cities and other like uh, strategic nodes on the map. So it's not like a, you pump out like a a bunch of buildings StarCraft style or Red Alert style and you you farm resources and do all that. It's more – it kind of reminds me more of the Warhammer Dawn of War type uh, setup. But I remember I loved it back in the day and for some reason something made me decide to, to want to play those again. I think I – I was going through my Steam wish list. I was like, you know, I've had that on there for a while. I'm going to get it and play it. So I started playing that again. You can look into that. It You can get it running on Windows 10. Yeah, there's like a little file you can download to, to tweak something, but you put it in your folder and it, and it makes it makes it all nice again. Uh, other than that, gameplay-wise, I've started 
getting in touch with my artistic side a bit. I've been painting some miniatures, which I've never been much of an artistic person, but I think they've come out fairly well. So I started painting some miniatures in my uh, Talisman board game, and that's fairly time-consuming. I hope you've thinned your paints. Yes and no. Um, the paints I have are the re- the Reaper paint, and they don't need to be thinned uh, for the base coats. But when I mix them, I usually, for like shadow and highlight layers, since I'll mix in a little more, usually when I mix them, they get a couple drops of water to, to help kind of thin the mix, so. I uh, I joke about that. I I my one miniature that I painted. I was told to do that, otherwise everything looked globby, and I was told to make it be like a melted ice cream texture, and that ended up being too thin, and the paint ran, and I was frustrated, and I actually had to go to the hobby shop, and talk to somebody that knew what they was doing, and they recommended me some kind of pre-thinned paints, and then it turned out beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what this kind of. It, I think you can get the regular acrylic paints, um, just the generic stuff, but it's you. I think you're you're gonna get what you pay for to a degree. So that's good for some things. I think the some of the mini paints that like Vallejo and Reaper and Citadel and and all that are are a little bit better for the miniature type painting, at least from the research I've done. So that's what I've been focusing on. I, I first got the little learn to paint Reaper kits, which is really good deal. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon. You get 11 paints, you get some brushes, you get three little miniatures. And if you bought all that individually, it'd be like 50, 45, 50 bucks. So mm-hmm. you, and it has a little guide. I'm like, okay, do this to make your colors. And, use this color here and use this color. It's almost like paint by numbers for the first few ones. So you'll kind of learn what you're doing and you still Mm got to paint it and you still got to, you know, pay attention to detail and all that. But that helps you out a lot. And I was watching some YouTube videos of some other people. So I think fairly, they've they've come out a little better than I expected them to, because I've never really been good at art. (laughs) So, but it's pretty fulfilling. So I'm enjoying myself so far. There's a hobby shop in Kansas City called, I think, Tabletop Gaming that has like a whole display with pre-painted Warhammer Mm. miniatures. Mm -hmm. And I I go to that place and I'm like, my God, these are beautiful. And I wish I had the time and patience and money to do some of this. Yeah, it is a lot of patience. And it takes – there's some you can – I've seen they slap together in like an hour, an hour and a half. And they don't look bad. I've seen those online. I I don't know. I'm more critical of myself. So if I see little mess ups, I have to sit there and painstakingly try to fix them and fix them. At a certain point, you just got to say, okay, it's done. And I'm not going to say mine are masterpieces by any means at all. At all. <laughs> but I get to a level to where I'm like, yeah, okay, I can say I painted this. And that usually takes me about three hours, I think, three and a half hours a figure. So it's, it does. You know, I usually end up staying up way later than I expected to, trying to finish up a little mini. Cool. But that is what I've been doing. Other than I have a the Super NT coming on its way to my house Ooh, at some point soon. Ooh, there you go. So I'll let you know how that goes. That's the Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah. Cool. The FPGA Super Nintendo from Analog. <laughs> I, I was always intrigued by their, their NES, but it was just way too expensive for me to justify it for as an NES. 
but this one was just under two hundred dollars, so that was in the realm of hey, this is not a bad deal. But I think that what the 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 regular Nintendo ones like four or five hundred bucks, and that's just ridiculous. So, so I'll report back when when it once it arrives. But that's it for me. I guess uh, whoever else wants to go now. Yes, Kelly, what have you been up to? Well, I've been playing more Radiant Historia. Um, just got to Chapter 6, where I'm going to a temple to find a beast mark so that I can make friends with some gorilla people. And without context... Anna knows what I'm talking about but without context. <laughs> that sounds really strange. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Um, Anna's also a bad influence because she encouraged me to spend $4 on a DLC just to uh, see one character shirtless. <laughs> there are more benefits than seeing Rosh without his shirt on. No, I, I, I kid. I really do like that DLC just because it can be kind of a pain in the ass to get to an end in between scenarios to heal. And that particular uh, spa DLC maxes out your whatever whatever meter that's called. I forgot what it's called. Uh, mana burst. Yeah, your mana burst meter. So if I know that I'm going to be fighting a really tough enemy, I'll quick pop out and go to that DLC and fill that up and then go take it on. That's how I t took on one of the gladiator bosses and managed to cheese the fight pretty easily. The spider. But, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah, that giant spider. Oh, that spider. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I ended up um, buying the uh, leveling DLC to get past that, too, and just kind of yeah, bought I some stuff. Up, and I ended up pouring books into Ott until she was, like, level 90 and couldn't be one-shot. Oh. See, what I ended up doing for that fight was... Um, just buying a whole bunch of uh, resurrection potions and just every time someone died, just resing them. And then on turns where they, uh, where the guy tried to like fear me and it failed, then I would use that opportunity to wail on him and then just rinse and repeat. <laughs> but I, I did end up, I, I think stock was like level 54 and Ott was like level 45 when I managed to beat that boss. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We took two very different routes for that particular boss. Yeah, it sounds like you brute forced it and I just kinda potion spammed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um I am really enjoying this game and I really kinda wanna sit down with it one night and just play play through the rest of it and finish up all the nodes and stuff like that. Cause I I don't know how how far along in the story chapter six is um you've got more to go okay i i imagine so because then after i get the beast mark then i've got to go to the other timeline and figure out what's going on there because that's where it stopped you in that other timeline yes and i it sounds confusing when you're saying it out loud but i really like the the jumping between timelines to you know, you kind of hit a stopping point in one timeline, so you go play around in the other a little bit, and then you hit a stopping point. You find what you need there, and then you hit a stopping point there, and then you can go back to the other one. So, and have you talked about Radiant Historia at all on the podcast? 
Um, yeah, I did last okay. or the last time we was on. I had a lot of people correct me because I was worried that there was going to be missable stuff, and people have pointed out numerous times to me that no, there isn't anything missable. You can pretty much do all the side quests. Okay. Um, I think I got confused in the last game because the side quests didn't have a marker to designate that there were side quests. So I would like go go to the place and try to find the side quest and I wasn't in the right time to pick up the side quest and that's why I thought I was missing stuff. Gotcha. So the fact that they actually made quest markers in this game, in this version, is a huge improvement over the last version because all the NPCs look the same. So there isn't really, unless you talk to everybody in every timeline, you're not going to know there's a side quest there. Well, Um, I'm all... And um, I think this is something that they hoped would be intuitive, but maybe wasn't as intuitive as they thought it would be is because this is something that I was talking about with you over Twitter. And this is something that I've talked about with a few people on Twitter is um, in order to get the true ending in the game, there are key quests that have to be completed. And so in the game, these quests are denoted with a literal key on the quest marker. They are literally key quests. Yeah, I I saw that on the map, or on the timeline map, and I thought, okay, well, I don't know, maybe these keys are just like, I haven't finished all the quests yet, or, or haven't finished the quest truly yet, or whatever. So for me, that iconography immediately quit clicked but for a lot of people that i've talked to that iconography did not click in the same way i mean it's not going to matter for me in the long run because i plan on trying to do as many of the quests as possible in this game anyway just because i kind of want i'm go my goal is for a all notes complete run on yeah wait until you get to master van clear you may uh Mm. you may you may change your mind super boss (laughs) Yeah. Even cheesing it with the EXP books? Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. You, you may be right, but I, I want to I wanna try and complete as many of the nodes as I can, at the very least. And I'm doing the um, alternate history, or whatever the third timeline is called, I'm doing that one too, and I chose to do that one. Um, Because at the beginning of the game, you can choose to just play normal mode, or you can choose to have the third timeline integrated into the uh, main story. And usually after major story points, you'll get a notification. It's like, I should go go to the Dumamas. That's the um, boat that you're on. For that timeline and you can go do a couple of side quests they're very contained side quests which i appreciate although sometimes you have to go back to the main timeline to talk to somebody and then go back and i'm, I'm talking in particular about that one that you were laughing at with uh fabian on twitter with the slap <laughs> Should we talk about that one? Yeah, because it's not really a spoiler. It's just funny. It's re- And it's really early. Yeah. All right. So 
There is um, a guy called Fennel in the game, and uh, he's a fairly minor character throughout the the main story. Um, but he is hilarious. He he becomes central in one of these side stories in that. Um, you get there and he's malfunctioned. And yeah, because so, he's like half robot. Yeah, he he's basically replaced his body with a Thaumatech body. And so your initial two options are reboot him or slap him. And if you slap him, it completes the circuit between him and the artifact he has attempted to install in himself and he takes over the world. Oh, you shouldn't do that. No, that's a bad ending. If you attempt to reboot him, you then need to figure out how to reboot him. Which you can go do. And you get a code to reboot him. So then you have to go back and you have to enter the code. If you enter the code correctly, you get the proper timeline. If you enter the code incorrectly, he self-destructs. And I forgot that was a bad ending too. Yes. Yeah. Be because... The things that you do in in potential timelines in alternative histories affect the standard timeline. So Fennel self-destructing in a potential history makes him short-circuit in all histories. But that, that slap cracked me up so hard. Just <laughs> thwack. Oh, I'm a dictator now. And uh, I, I've got to say, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about this game thus far has been coming to a decision point and deliberately making the wrong decision just so that I can see the bad ending that ultimately happens because of it. And some of the bad endings are pretty tragic. Some of the bad endings are pretty hilarious. Hilarious and tragic at the same time. Like, I'm thinking of the one where... Sonya follows around Rosh in the battle or during the battles but because he had to constantly protect her she ended up dying oops yeah ZOMG spoilers uh, really I minor point yeah a lot of the bad endings happen so early in the game and you're going to stumble onto them anyway that I don't really consider them too spoilery and plus they're not part of the true story anyway and then the two, the two kids in Historia saying, "Wow, you really messed up there." <laughs> this game, Anna's described to me a bunch of story points in this game, and it has no respect for how tri time travel would really work. No, just... there's no. zero respect for paradox, <laughs> or like, um, or cause and effect. So like. You save someone in one timeline, and then they like you in a completely different timeline. It, it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, you know, Doctor Who and it stuff. And was, it was funny, because I was trying to explain to him, like, Rosh's motivation halfway through the game... And, like, the whole, and the whole gauntlet 
Saga. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that's like, okay, d- d- don't think about this don't too hard. Don't think too hard, hard about that because it's just going to hurt your brain. Not even nine hours, nine doors, nine days can explain how this time travel works. <laughs> nine persons. Whatever. Nine hours, nine persons, nine doors, nine DSs, nine Vitas. So yeah, as you can probably tell, I also played Radiant Historia. And mm-hmm. I yeah, had not played it before. I played. You finished it. I did. So I got 278 out of 283 nodes. That's not bad. Yeah. And if some of them involve super bosses. That's uh, not bad. Yes. And then um, last week, well, we was uh, kind of on hiatus. I pl- I played through Fire Emblem Warriors, and. I I got so into that game that I pretty much blew through the story mode in a week. All right. Now, grant, <laughs> granted, cool. I was playing um, most of the story mode on easy. So, and I I think that there's a thing there where you kind of have to go ramp up the difficulty as you level up. So, um, it's I not that hard on normal either. Yeah, I, I dropped it down to easy when I was having the one map where it was Nor and Hoshido and you couldn't let one side get too powerful and I wasn't getting to the um, forts in time so that I think it was Hoshido was just getting like stupid powerful and beating Nor and I think I failed that map like three or four times before I just said screw it and dropped it down to easy <laughs> and stuff like that um, this was this. I should point out this was my first Musou game, and I didn't think that I would take the Musou games until I played this, because my God, r- running around as my favorite Fire Emblem characters, mowing down thousands of enemies, and just running around like a badass that clicked with me, and the only reason why I stopped playing it was because I started doing a lot of the history maps and those got a little bit repetitive and I kind of wanted to do something else for a little while. Yeah, the one bad thing, I've been playing that off and on, and the one bad thing about it is that it's not a good game for portable mode, or at least in the portable situations I have where I may have the volume turned down, because you do have to be paying attention to what everyone's saying. So that you know, yeah. like, oh, I got to run across the map and save this point so I don't get a game over. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that a lot, and I noticed that I was dying a lot, and plus the AI can be kind of stupid. I actually, like, yelled at some of my units. It's like, no, stop going into the arrows, Pegasus unit. No, stop <laughs> going into the arrows. No, get, get your shit together, Cordelia. <laughs> At least in this one, you can swap around most of the time to the different characters. Oh, oh, I know, and that's what I was loving about it. Is I, I really felt like a battlefield general. It's like, okay, you go here, you go here, you stay here. Oh, you're being stupid, I'm going to control you. And um, Tiki and Fire Emblem Heroes is horribly OP. Um, her mechanic is that when she gets her awakening meter filled out, she can turn into her dragon form, and you can use your strong attack to feed 
the super meter into her awakening meter. So if you know what you're doing, you can just face roll an entire map in dragon mode. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like running around an entire map as Godzilla. It sounds like what you're supposed to do with Tiki in game. Yeah. And it's really cute because she makes little dinosaur noises like when she's in dragon mode. And (laughs) yeah, I thought of you the whole time, Anna, because I know that Tiki is your waifu. Tiki is my waifu. She is so cute. Oh, I love her so much. And she's kind of who you're supposed to use the level grind because um, when you're in awakening mode, you get like gold and EXP bonuses and you can use your gold to purchase levels on your other characters. So one one of the things that you can do is like in the in the timed maps where you're supposed to just do nothing but mow down enemies within a time limit, just uh, pop in tiki and because you're killing so many enemies, you can just keep your um, awakening meter constantly refilled, and just go into that map and mow down enemies in dragon mode and get tons of gold and EXP and just distribute the wealth. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to play the game a little bit more, but it's going to be one of those ones that, like, when I just need a break from something else, I'll pop in and do a couple of the history mode maps. But I did kind of want to move on to something else, and since I had that, I had that Muso itch, I am waiting for Hyrule Warriors to come out on the Switch, so I didn't Infinity have that. Edition. Yeah, because. I don't want to waste waste my money on the other two versions of that when the superior version is coming out, and that's not until May. So I looked in my collection. It's like, okay, what other Musou games have I bought? Oh, Dragon Quest Heroes. So I pop that in, and... Oh my gosh, I'm watching videos of Tiki in dragon form on the channel. Yeah, she's she, amazing. It's incredible. Oh, oh yeah. I got to go play this. You should. Uh, this game, when when you've had a bad day at work, this is the game to play because you can just pop in and kill a bunch of crap and feel really badass and go to bed feeling like a badass. All right, sorry. I don't know what I interrupt you saying. No, no. <laughs> I was too impressed I just, by Tiki. I, <laughs> I was talking about starting up Dragon Quest Heroes, which... You know, it is um, technically a Musou game, but that one doesn't necessarily feel like a Musou game because instead of running around killing mooks, you're running around killing Dragon Quest monsters. Which platform and it are feels... you playing it on? Uh, PS4. Okay. I don't think the um, Switch version is here in the U.S., no, but is the it? the Vita version's got a low frame rate. Oh, no, no. I I bought the PS4 version because GameStop had the one with the treasure chest on oh. sale, and I really wanted that treasure chest. Did we chest. get the sequel yet? Um, yeah, did. yeah, because oh, okay. as soon as I bought the game, or uh, popped in Dragon Quest Heroes and was enjoying it, I popped on Amazon and saw that the sequel was only like 25 bucks, so I went ahead and purchased that so that I can jump right into the sequel. Um. Oh, you're gonna be one of, he- you're gonna turn in one of these dynasty warriors people. You better watch out, Kelly. Yeah. Well, I don't know because I liked the fire embleminess of Fire Emblem Warriors, if that makes any sense at all. Because you know it has the weapons triangle and it feels more strategic. And um, Phil Willis kind of told me that the latest Dragon or the latest Dynasty Warriors games aren't that fun; that they're very boring and repetitive. 
Okay. And he was also telling me that like these spinoffs, they've actually like put a lot of time and effort into making these spinoffs kind of feel like the game that they're based off of. Because um, Dragon Quest Heroes, to me, it doesn't feel like a Musou game. It feels like an act- a Dragon Quest action RPG. That you're running around, you're killing, you're like mowing down hordes of slimes and chimeras and all of the stuff, and you're using spells on them, and you know the spells have resistances and weaknesses. Um, you have different characters for different situations. Like um, Bianca from Dragon Quest V is in there, and she's an archer, and. You know, last night I was in a map where I was having these, like, monkey demons freezing me. So I ended up hopping into Bianca's body because you can switch characters in your party. And I ended up hopping hopping into Bianca and started picking off some of these monkey demons off from afar with her bow. Because when I was getting up close and personal with them, they kept freezing me and stunlocking me. And the battles there feel really strategy because you have to adjust to your situation. Um, Yangus from Dragon Quest VIII's in the game, and you switch to him when you need to lay kind of a beat down on some of the bigger monsters that are, well, like the one that you're looking at at the sh- in the stream, where it's like a huge dragon or something, and Yangus is kind of built to bring the pain to those monsters because he can hit hard and he can lower their defense, and he also has a taunt and a shield technique so you can taunt all the monsters and then pop your shield and then the other monsters can kind of or your other party members can kind of lay down the pain while they're being taunted and i've really appreciated the kind of meld of action rpg and jrpg in this game and that yeah you're you know using your tank dps kind of stuff but it's more of an action setting uh that's a long way of saying I'm really enjoying Dragon Quest Heroes. I found and Dragon sto- Quest Heroes to have really good sound design. It's just yeah, and, the house is filled with Dragon Quest feel. Yeah, like, you know, you hear that little doot-doot-doot, and you know that something off screen's casting a spell, and you're about ready to get hit by a fireball. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Dragon Quest Heroes 2 on the stream here, and mm-hmm. you can play as Tornico and attack things with an abacus, and I think that's amazing. Oh. Wow! Yeah, I I can't wait to get to the sequel. Though I'm loving the, I'm loving the original game so far, and the dialogue in this game is just top part because the two main heroes, one of them is a guy and one of them is a girl. I can't remember their names, but the guy is like really strategic. And talks about, okay, our strategy for this fight is that you're going to taunt, we're going to switch back and forth, and blah, 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 blah. And the girl is like, screw this, I'm just going to run in and kill everything. And that's how their dialogue is. And then the king character, whose name I also forget, uh, he's a king, but he's also really boisterous and talks about victory and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, when Yangus and Jessica show up from Dragon Quest Eight, their di- of course their dialogue is like right out of Dragon Quest Eight, and that they kind of get annoyed by each other. And I think Yangus still has the same voice actor. Boy, Gov. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Alice. No, the, I really like this game thus far, and I don't know how far I am in it. 
because that kind of faked that kind of faked me out a little bit with an ending when I was playing it last night. But I can't wait to finish, kind of get through it, and I can't wait to see what they did in the sequel and if the sequel improved on anything. Because I will admit the controls have been kind of getting on my nerves, particularly how you can lock on to some enemies but you can't others. That 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 only gets really annoying with character or with enemies with shields though, because you can't hit them from the front. And next thing I know, I'm telling you, next thing I know, you're going to be telling me about all these Gundam musos you got into. I and then you're going to go from there to actual Gundam breakers, and it's just gonna you're going to turn into another Alice. One of us. One of us. It's funny that you mentioned that because I remember that we, my husband and I, had bought the One Piece Pirate Warriors oh, game yep, on the PS3. Yep. And I forgot that because he bought that because he's a huge One Piece fan, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm on a Muso kick, and I do like One Piece. I might start that one up." <laughs> yep. But isn't there a couple uh, of those? I forget. Only there's the three one. of them. Oh, great. Yeah. The end of, I think Pirate Warriors 3 is coming to Switch, and if I am going to play that one, I might get that one, because... Um, I'm a few thousand chapters behind the current One Piece story, so I would yeah, need to do some yeah. reading first. Yeah, that game came out when they hadn't even finished a story arc yet, so I'm wondering if the uh, Switch version is going to end that story arc. And my husband got incredibly annoyed because the box art for Pirate Warriors 3 spoils something majorly <laughs> in that story art. Awesome. But, I mean, One Piece is the anime Game of Thrones. If you haven't followed it pretty heavily, you're going to be lost anyway. Just remember, there's a dude good with a slingshot and a humanoid reindeer, and you're good to go. And a dude who uses a sword with his mouth. What? Yes. These are all One Piece characters, Anna. Oh, and, and don't forget, don't forget the skeleton that plays guitar. Oh no, I haven't gotten to him. Nope, I'm not far enough in the series to to even know about the skeleton. <sighs> I'm in the I'm in the thing where they have all the weird secret agents and the I don't even know. Oh, it's that's so early on. I don't that's know. my favorite. That's my favorite story arc with my favorite character, Rob Lucci. Okay. <laughs> oh, and there's a dude who cooks Anna, but he's really good at kicking. Yeah. Because that's how that works. Also, just... the, the main pirate guy can't swim. I I just think <laughs> that you're lying to me about all of No. Nope. This is all real. And I, I know I... that you're telling the truth, but all of this sounds ludicrous. Uh, that's One I'm Piece. I'm telling you, One Piece is anime Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the point where he reunites with his, like, father mentor figure. So... Um, I don't even know what I the relationship is between them. So <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, are you talking about Shanks? Whatever. Like the guy he got the straw hat from. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he does reunite with him at some point, but it's not very long. Yeah, I'm sure it isn't because that would be resolving a story and like actually developing characters. And that's oh, not what the, this show is about. This show is about just let's have more characters. <laughs> They they do resolve some storylines, but it's like way, way, way off. Um, of course. I, I've joked that the secret to enjoying One Piece is to be friends with somebody that knows the series in and out so that you know which story arcs to skip that don't really mean anything in the long run. Uh, is that like, 
even in the manga, there's story arcs you should skip. Like, yes. it's not just a thing of skip the filler. It's like, no, there's just straight up worthless story arcs. Yeah, Great. like the okay. like if you're on the secret agent story arc, then the one before it where they was on the Sky Islands, you could have skipped over that completely because yeah. it means nothing. Yeah, I got that impression. And then at, there's like a time skip, and after the time skip, there's like two story arcs that are kind of worthless. <laughs> after that, great. But I still love the crap out of that series. Oh man! But yeah, that. How did we get on? Oh yeah, because I'm I'm a, apparently a Muso fan now. You're a, you're uh, a Muso fan now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like I'm being the anime gonna... editor. You're, it's a curse. Yeah, I, I definitely am going to try out Hyrule Warriors when it comes to Switch, that's for sure, because I've heard that that one is amazing, too. Look, dude, Link rides this little spinny thing? It's crazy. I, I want to play as Linkle so bad. <laughs> okay. She just looks awesome. But yeah, that that's what I've been playing. I'm a Muso fan now, though I'm probably gonna drop um Heroes when Well if you're uh, not you into know... Dynasty Warriors, there's also Samurai Warriors. Is is there a difference? Apparently. I think one's Japanese, one's Chinese. Oh, okay. You can guess which is but, which probably. Yeah. But um I, I, though I'm probably going to drop these hero, these Musa games when Nino Kune Two comes out at the end of the month. Here's here's a question: Is there a Roroni Kenshin Musou game? Because that would work really well. Probably not anymore, or probably yeah. not going to be one anytime soon, given oh, the uh, the oh, God. the creator of Kenshin kind of turned out to be a pedo. Oh really? Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <sighs> Of course. Wait, wait what? <laughs> yeah, you you didn't hear about that, Alice? Oh, let's not, Bert. Next yeah. topic. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Google the news. With child pornography possession. Eh. I. That's not enough. I need more info to know if like the person's actually a bad dude because I know people who've been completely innocent and yet charged with child pornography possession. There's more to it than that. I'm sure we'll never get the answers. Yay! We, we probably won't, but I'm sure that guy's career is probably ruined now. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I mean, unless it's different in Japan, I don't think it is. But, like, culturally, we got uh, a big that... stigma here. So. On that dire note, that's what I've been playing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Kelly. You've ruined one of my favorite anime. You know, I just want you. Anytime. Yeah. Guess I got to get into One Piece now, or Sword Art Online. Jeez. Do Inuyasha. You you can't go wrong with. uh, Yes, you can because then the anime stops and then the story keeps going. They finished the anime. Oh, did they come back and do more? Okay. Yeah. They were like, can you finish CR? Movies. Oh, jeez. I got tired of it. Like, there were they, filler they, they... arcs, and it was so long. Exactly. And, like, nothing it... happened. And then I learned that this lady who writes Inuyasha also wrote Ranma, and she never resolves anything. And so I lost I lost faith that it would ever end. Ranma finished. 
I think at the time that I was told that, Ranma hadn't finished. (laughs) Go ahead, Kelly. You're complaining complaining about not finishing story arcs, and yet you're getting into One Piece? Yeah, no, I shouldn't. (laughs) But I I will note that you didn't just tell me, no, no, it's fine. She totally wraps everything up. It's good. Well, well, yeah, she does. uh, Oh, okay. Inuyasha I mean, both of the ago. animes that you're complaining that she didn't finish, she finished. Mm. Getting no sympathy here. All right. Yeah, Maison Ikoku finished, says Von RPG. I don't know what that is. That's another one of oh. Romeo Takahashi's animes. I don't know. All right. Fine. I stand corrected. Man, that looks 80s. Man, that is some 80s ass anime. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> she, I guess that's what she does. Yeah. Well, it, I guess Inuyasha is 90s. Like 90s ass. Ranma anyway. is very 80s. Yeah. Okay. Well. I need like the definitive... You know like those guides that say, here are the episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation you actually have to watch? Like if you want to do a quick run through? I need one of those guides for all of these, um, these, the Inuyasha Ladies series. Nobody's with me on this. All right, moving on. (laughs) What else we got? (laughs) Kelly's done. Josh, Josh Carpenter, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey there. It's been forever since I've been on. Tell me about, tell me about Moss. I want to hear all about it. No, tell us Monster of the Deep first. Make her wait. Make her wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, heck, she was wanting to fire me just a couple weeks ago, so... She can't do that. She doesn't have the power to. You're fired. You can't can't fire him. <laughs> oh, so I got a VR sandwich of... It's been, I don't know, like VR two months sandwich. since I've been on. Okay. Yeah, I got a VR sandwich oh, of boy. games to talk about. So, yeah, Monster of the Deep. I, I finally got around to finishing that. And, like, it, 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 it stays pretty much the same all the way through. That is the... It is a super short. Yeah, yeah, you fish. The story mode's only like, the story mode's only like three hours long. But in the middle of it, like, there's this one, one story I got to tell where, Uh in in between uh, each mission, you go back to the main character's cabin. Well, I guess you should call it a cabin. He parks his car right in the middle of it. But you know, whatever, barn, cabin, and in between. The mission, sometimes characters will just kind of like show up and, and and you'll have a little story beat. So during in between a couple of different missions, Cindy showed up. So I oh go boy. and I open the door. Did she yeah, fix yeah, your car exactly. for you? I, I don't. I, Did you lean over let, and let look me... at her breasts in VR? <laughs> oh, Lord, it's it's worse than that. So I, I, I open the door and she she, you know, she's standing right in front of me and I look at her and it. Like right under her left eye, it looks black, and I'm what? like, "What in the hell is going Who hurt on?" My yeah, Cindy. Like, yeah. <laughs> this this went a direction I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So so she you know she walks in into the room past me, and she's just talking on about who knows what I'm not paying attention to that. I'm chasing her around the cabin, trying to get a look at her face again, like trying to figure out, does she have a black eye? Has Sid been beating her? Or what is going on? <laughs> exactly. I did not expect a dark turn in my, uh, you know, VR fishing game. So, so she finally sits down 
And I start getting close to her, and she, she gets kind of freak. The the character models are set up to kind of freak out a little bit if you get too close to them. So you know, she's. I'm trying to get close enough to look at her face, and she just keeps moving away from me. Eventually, I get close enough to her, and then I notice, like, wait a second, she's got a black mark on her cheek. Oh, oh, that's it's supposed grease. to be grease. Oh, yes. for goodness' sake. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't. But that was, that was I wasn't of, trying uh, to be too forward. I was just looking at your engine grease. I was. It's honest. <laughs> See, I think that she was wanting to start start a new pop group and call herself Cindy Left Eye Lopez. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of an unfortunate place to put grease on her face. Not but... all VR players. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> What a game! What a game! That 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 thing had to. Yeah, have was been... that worth playing at all? Uh, meh, it's okay to meh. say no. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure, sure, sure as hell was it thirty bucks worth thirty bucks? Let's put it that way. Okay. Like I, 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 at first I assumed that like there must be some deal between them and PlayStation because that's that's the only platform it's on. Mm-hmm. But now after playing it, I kind of wonder if they put this on Steam, I'm not sure they get any sales because people would just play it for like 30 minutes and get the Do refund. Do the refund? <laughs> like I finished it. I uh, finished there's the plenty of games on Steam where that's true. So I don't yeah. think that should stop them. <laughs> the, the, like I said, the story mode's only three hours long and there's a trophy for all the major story missions. And the last story mission only like 12% of the people have gotten that. So <laughs> even the people who paid 30 bucks for that, only 12% of them played the 30, the three hour story mode. So that kind of gives you a hint of the, uh, of what everyone has thought of it. Would it be worth the $30 to see Gladio's abs and glorious 3d? Oh, can you put a price on that though? <laughs> Nah, you're right. I already put a price on that with the Gladio DLC, so probably not a good idea. Uh, I, I've still got a little bit of more fishing to do, and I'll probably write up an impression of that because it's it, it's fun to certainly fun to rip on a little bit. Um, I, when, when I haven't been VR fishing, I've been trying to slowly make my way through uh, Mercenary Saga Chronicles on the uh, Switch. You found the bug. Oh, yeah, I ran into that this week. That was fun. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, sorry I didn't mention that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, actually, uh, tell us about wrote... this bug, please. Yeah, so oh, there's okay. a character that I was told not to use her in the 3DS game because she's buggy. Yeah. And she's buggy in the Switch version, too. Oh, really? Yeah. How could they not fix yeah. that? It, it's it's uh, Ridion and Circle. They 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 didn't bother. <laughs> okay. Because you get her like seventy percent of the way through the game. She's useful as tits on a bowl, and <laughs> I would imagine that most people don't use her. I started using her because she, you know, it's a mounted archer, and so she has higher movement. So that's the reason I started using her. Zusa, is that how you pronounce it? Which which game? The second one. I played it. I thought I used all the characters. I don't remember anything happening. Well, so, she's fine most of the time. All you have to do is you can't open any chest or um, investigate any of those places on the map where you can pick up uh, treasure. Yeah, you can't find but, hidden items with her. 
or open chess. They they both hang. And the problem was is that the first time I did it like twice on one map, and I just thought it was like a map bug, and just you know like, okay, I'm just going to go through this map, and I'm not going to open any of the chests. And then on the next map, you know, I I used her again to investigate like a hidden item, and it hung again. So I lost like you know three or four hours of, oh, well, two or three hours of progress thanks to that. But there, there's also been, since I wrote the impression on the first game, I've ran into a few more little things. Like there's characters who have missing uh, missing portraits. That that was worse in the first game than the second game. And, you know, like, but, but otherwise, like, it's a really good basic strategy RPG. And, you know, I mean, if you haven't played those games on the 3DS, it's, what, probably like, 50, 60 hours of content for like 15 bucks. Doesn't that sound right, Anna? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, hang on. I don't know. It's, Let me it's, look up. I think I spent about 10 or 12 games. hours a game. Two and three. Yeah, no, it's Mercenary Saga 3 was 14 hours yeah. for me. Mercenary Saga 2 was 12 hours. So I think you're overshooting a little. But you can get all three on Switch, right? 40 hours, I'd say. Yeah, between the two, 20 to 40 hours. Yeah, but yeah. on the Switch you get all three. all three. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a third game, but it's probably it's also in the ten to fifteen hour range. Yeah. And Mac whips through them. I think he finished. They're, they're like right for hours. somewhat mindless strategy, generic strategy RPG fare. They're good enough to go through and beat them, but you're not gonna, you know, think there's like a tactics ogre, one yeah. a fire game or anything like that. You're not gonna confuse them with those. No, and, and the story especially is not not amazing. It, <laughs> it gets you from point A to point it, B, but that's about it. It's it's a circle entertainment translation. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of a generic PS One tactical RPG. Yeah. So who's that person who didn't like Final Fantasy Tactics? <laughs> yeah. So how do you like this? Yeah, who is that person? And you know what I was gonna say? The pinnacle, like, fi- oh wait, he he didn't like it, so I wasn't yeah. gonna bring that up yet. So, so how are you liking this, Josh? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. But you don't like, like Final said, Fantasy I mean, Tactics? No, no. The mechanics no, we're gonna... in Mercenary Saga are are solid. <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. All right. Hey, Mercenary Saga hasn't stuck me, made a third of my party AI controlled, and then send them off on stupid things like well, Final Fantasy Tactics. That's not what you're playing it for. Come on. Like... You're playing it for when you make your all Chocobo party and go up against a party of all monks and get obliterated. <laughs> and he didn't even get to the part where most people rage quit in Final Fantasy Tactics. Is that the, is that the V-Graf or the, the, cas- the, seal, the top of the castle? I don't, or is it all of them? The execution thing. <laughs> The, I thought it was the solo fight with the one guy. Yeah, with Vigraf. Yeah. yeah. That one, but the I mean, the fact that the all of us are naming a different fight should say something. Yeah, that game is amazing. <laughs> yep. With full of memories and amazing experiences. Memorable game. That you will not forget. And the music Actually, is so superb. And oh my gosh, who needs anybody? Once you get TG Sid, why are you complaining about anything? That's no, the, hang on. That's I'm just going to run into a corner game. and shout for a while. That's That's important. And then I I'm going to spend three hours leveling Dragoon on right, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm going to spend three hours throwing rocks at my party to level up my job points. Oh, that's important, too. Yeah, yeah, that's how I level Dragoon. I, I like getting attached to some of my characters and building characters, but 
my biggest gripe about it is all those intro characters, the generic characters you make, and let's say you become like a calculator or something. You do not give a crap about them 15 hours into the game anymore. They're obsolete. Because like Sid can basically put the game on easy mode and destroy the whole game by himself. Yeah, no, that's the problem. I want to use him because he's a cool character. I just think that the balancing in that respect is the only thing that really bothered me about the game. Other than that, I love the game. You don't need him once you have Ramza as a calculator. Uh, my first time through, I didn't use Sid because I didn't like all of the pre-made characters. And then my second time through, I used Sid. And I was like, why the hell didn't I use Sid the first time through? This guy's amazing. Because he's too amazing, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I just... I know, I know. I'm 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 a failure as an RPG fan, but yeah, it just I really didn't like Final Fantasy Tactics. It was okay. amazing for what it did in its day, but at this sure. point there are so many other games that have done what it did better. Are you kidding me? Are you insane? There's so many people who look like, "Man, I was hoping this would be good like Final Fantasy Tactics," but nope. And it's again and again and again. Nothing has lived up to that in the tactical RPG space. Name me a game. Um, Disgaea Tactics says hi. Disgaea is not the same I as mean, I think Mercenary Saga game. does what Final Fantasy Tactics does really well. Without the music, sound, or visuals? Story. Or story? <laughs> Blame yourself Job or system. God. Hey, I'm not talking. We we live in an age where we have a better translation of tactics available. So. Yeah, but a better translation doesn't make the story any less goofy. Mm, I think it, it's it kinda kinda cool, does. Actually. It's pretty unique. Because <laughs> A, you can at least understand it. But well the problem is that better translation comes along with slowdown and other yeah. terrible things they I'm added sorry, to it. Playing? But the transla- but the story of tactics is goofy and I love that. It's game. goofy but freaking convoluted and so it's not I mean, did you like Xenogears, Anna? Um Did you like Xenogears, Josh? Like the PlayStation? Never game? played Xenogears. Okay. No, I couldn't stand playing it yes. because I couldn't speed up the damn text. I'm just saying that's a goofier game, but if you, none of you have even played it or finished it, it doesn't matter. It's it's good. I like it. That's, that's goofy. got another. That's goofy because the second half gets goofier. Yeah. I got to red but rum no. and I just wanted so to throw my controller across the room because I couldn't speed up the damn text. I do like Final Fantasy Tactics, Chris, but it's still second fiddle to Tactics Ogre. Tactics Ogre, huh? I don't like Tactics. Now Tactics Ogre is awesome. I can agree on that. Amazing. The same people. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I, I like so, I like OB I and see I so don't many like people TL. bounce off tactics ogre. So it's just this is backwards to me, Josh. <laughs> I know, I know. But tactics ogre, like it's just so much. Like a, the scope is so much better since you're not stuck with six characters. You've got like bigger maps with like twelve characters, and especially those two PSP ports, like. God, FFT looks like garbage compared to uh, Tactics Ogre. Tactics Ogre is such a well-done PSP port, and that Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics is, you know, those not great PS1 uh, sprites kind of stretched out in the uh, in the wrong aspect ratio. It looks horrible. And also by the one thing I was going back and playing a little bit of Tactics Ogre, and I was like, oh hey, they learned like we should make giant polygonal. Uh, uh, 
trees that are going to block your view. We'll make little bitty small trees so that they don't they don't block out characters like they do in FFT. So much stuff. FFT I, came I, I second. Think... <laughs> yeah, but not the, the PSP yeah, remake. The PSP yeah, remake. It did yes. come second. They, they did a much better. Well, Matsuno was involved in the PSP remake of Tactics Ogre. I don't know who did the the PSP remake or port of uh, FFT. Was he gone by then? I can't even remember now. I don't know anymore. Yeah, well, FFT uh, remake came out before. He was gone for Tactics Ogre, but he came back just to help him on that, I believe. And then Anna probably likes the yeah. the Game Boy Tactics Ogre. I no, I didn't that play one's actually T- good too. I didn't play TO on the GBA because I didn't like TO on the PlayStation. It's different. Okay, but if I didn't like TO, why would I like TO? Because they're different. Okay. Do you like strategy RPGs in general like that? Yeah. Why didn't you like Fire Emblem? Why didn't you like TO? Uh, I just didn't like TO on the PlayStation. No, but like what were the things you didn't like? I don't know. Right. It's been okay. so long been that long. I don't remember. I played it. I just and I don't and I didn't like it. Please don't ask me to remember why because it was 20 years ago at this point. I couldn't get into the GBA Tactics Ogre either for some reason and I don't know why. I think it was just kind of it just felt kind of clunky. So what we're but, saying is everyone just has to like Ogre Battle 64 and and then we're all okay with each other. Ogre Battle's Ogre nice Battle too. Battle 64 is so good. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Did we finally find common ground? <laughs> so where's the love for GBA Final Fantasy Tactics? Does nobody like that one? No. Uh, yeah, garbage. Me. Tactics of uh, Garbage. It's Tactics. all right. The like DS GBA 2, whatever. It reminds the... you of Tactics a good Advance tactical 2 game. is so much better, though. Yes. I, I like the gameplay better in Tactics 2. I didn't like the story better. I thought that the story was better in Tactics GBA. Oh, I hated the Tactics GBA story. It's like yeah, this little kid. Yeah, it was good. I really didn't like the story in the first one, and so I didn't play the second one. Yeah. Oh, is this is it time for our yearly go through of why the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance story sucks ass? Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's review. Okay. Me- Alice, no, 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 no. Alice has made a very valid point. This is such a retread ground. Josh, what else did you play? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Anna just wants to move on to my last game, doesn't she? Yes. yes. Oh, so uh, well, I, I got the uh, the the best game for PlayStation VR finally. Yay! Moss. As far as anyone Moss. should care, the only game. <laughs> yeah. Kind All of. right. So let's hit us with it. How long is Moss? How long is it? Yep. Oh, geez. It was probably now. Now keep in mind, I am probably usually on the slow side for finishing games, but it was right, probably so around six or seven hours. Six or seven. That's longer than I expected. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I was it, so it, it was a good it was length. Be a two-hour game. No. Oh. So it's probably at least four or five for a normal person. Okay. <laughs> so whoa, Wallace! It's... Wallace, watch the keyboards. Oh, sorry, I thought I muted. <laughs> Alice's right. keyboard is actually in China, so she has to hit the desk really hard to get it to register. <laughs> All right, so Moss is um, like a puzzle action adventure game with where it's really heavy on the puzzle aspects. So when you're in VR, it's very much set up where it's done section by section. 
So you're just kind of looking at the map. Well, is it even map? You're like looking at the stage. Yeah, that's and you a can way. move. Around. Yeah, that's the better way to describe it. You're looking at the stage, and since it's in VR, you can move around anywhere in the stage, and you can even look inside of things, any sort of uh, structure in the stage. So a lot of the puzzles are going to be pretty much about like a, a lot of time it's like moving around and kind of look, moving your head around to try and look and get a different angle to see things that are hit, hidden or to find switches or to figure out how to get the the absolutely most adorable character ever, Quill, from point A to point B. Oh, goodness. Quill is just like, Quill is the, uh, the little bitty mouse who's the star of the, the game. And she is just absolutely the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Like, um, one thing I didn't realize until I was playing the game, like, she actually speaks in American Sign Language. Yeah, she, she uses ASL. And she is talking to you. Unfortunately, I don't understand any of it, but it's, fanta- it, it's like, fascinating to see her kind of, like, sit there and try and talk to you. Yeah, that was something but, they I mean, added partway through development after just a like a social media post they did where they had an animation of her doing something in sign language and it got such a positive reaction that I think they went back and added it to the game. Well, they were obviously already doing that because beyond the sign language, like she will uh, pantomime yep. whenever you get stuck on a puzzle. Like if you're just sitting there not doing anything for a few minutes, she'll start like waving her arms and like screeching at you and you'll look at her and she'll like, she'll like point at the enemy and she'll point at you and she'll like, like this one time she was like like we're supposed to take control of an enemy and use the enemy to kind of like hit the switch she was like point at the switch point at the enemy and she turns around and kind of makes her arms like a gun she goes Ba-choo! <laughs> but she was actually really like it was a really well done way of like um it was a really well done way of of uh, like helping, giving you hints on puzzles, to have her, um, yeah, you know, like like she'll just kind of give you hints like that. I mean, there were a couple of different times where I just hadn't looked around the stage closely enough, and like she she she'd start like waving her arms and like point like no no there's a switch right over here dummy you need to look over here. But yeah, like Will was right, and in the game like the the player is called like the reader and it's very much like the character in the game like anytime there's water anything reflective like you can see you're wearing this uh uh this kind of like glowing mask and uh oh am i cutting out yeah just a little bit oh no stupid skype Am I okay? Yeah, you are now. Go for it. Okay. So you're playing as the reader. So you're you are like in the game. Anytime you see a reflective surface, any water or anything like that, um, you can see your face wearing this mask, and it, it's very much tied in all the way through. Like that's where you start the game. You're in this library, and you just start reading the Book of Moss. And it starts, and that's pretty much how it does. You do several of these stages where you will have to occasionally fight a few enemies and do a few puzzles. Then you'll kind of like back 
And you're breaking down again. <laughs> that was really funny. This is funny because this is a game you care about, Anna, and you can't you can't get through a sentence. <laughs> Why is it doing that? Everyone Am I stop back? downloading their torrents. <sighs> Am I yeah. back? Yeah, you're back. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it's giving me Skype giving me problems. Where was I? Uh talking about the books, maybe? Yep. Yep. So you're so you're tied into the game as the reader, and that that's how it's set up. So you have uh like you'll do several stages and then you'll kind of work back to the library and they'll give you story. And so like there's no real voice acting in the game, but there's this really fantastic narrator who kind of like does it pretty much like a parent telling a story to their kid where she uh, not only is narrating the story, but every time you get to a character, she always, she does voices for all the characters. Like it's a really nice, well done touch. Um, like otherwise, like, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm sure I'm forgetting something I should be talking about. Like it was just, absolutely blown away by that How, game. Were you it able to just fantastic. keep playing it straight through or did you get fatigue playing VR game for too long? I have kind of gotten to where I usually do. I don't do more than about two hours in VR without taking a break. Okay. Like I, I don't get any motion sickness, but my eyes kind of get tired. And if I keep going for three or four hours, I'll get, I'll end up with a headache and eyes will just be like sore. But I, I can't imagine this game would be any sort of problem for it, it is the least likely game to give someone problems with motion sickness because it's just, you know, like you are in the game. There's no motion. And, you know, like there are the I'm sure I looked like a weirdo because I was like crawling around on the floor, like looking in and beside things, <laughs> trying to, you know, like trying to get an angle, trying to find like little hidden items to get. But. Yeah, it would have been great to have photos of me playing it, but it, it was fantastic. Did, did you have questions, Anna, or are you just upset that you don't get to play it? I want to play Yeah, she wants to play it. We're kind of waiting to see if they announce an Oculus version or if we can borrow a v PSVR from a friend or something. Yeah. I'm just curious if there's any anti-cat propaganda in it. <laughs> no. No. Good. <laughs> anti snake, but no anti cat. That's the number one takeaway for Kelly. <laughs> Is there anti cat propaganda or not? Because we know because... cats are the best, and we don't want to listen to any of those lies the mice have to say. I'm t anytime there's a thing with a mouse in it, that's the first thing I see is oh, God, are cats going to be the enemy? They should be. They're they're your enemy. You just don't realize it yet. No, my cats love me. They think I'm their mom. <laughs> they think you're your dinner. No, literally, I I have mom to two of my five cats. Okay. I bottle fed them and everything. I guarantee you, Kelly, if you played this game, like Quill would absolutely melt your heart. Oh, like, oh, um, I'm sure she looks adorable. Oh, 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 I forgot the one other thing. Like when you uh, when you finish a puzzle, like you spend a long time on a puzzle and you finish it, like she'll uh, 
she'll turn around. She'll just give you this big thumbs up, like, good job. <laughs> You're not a total <laughs> idiot. <laughs> it is the cutest thing. Can you go out of your way to troll her? Oh, yeah, you can. I, I haven't done it. Apparently, there's some way, there's a trophy in the game for uh, surprising and scaring her. <laughs> and you can, you can pet her. Like, like, oh, that's the one thing. Like, you as the player, you control this orb that's kind of floating. And that's how you interact with, uh, you can interact with certain things in the environment. So it's a lot of, like, block puzzles where you're, like, pulling blocks out or you're manipulating, rotating things. So, uh, like, you can use that to kind of interact with Quill from time to time. Like, you can pet her and, you know, like, tell her she's a good little mouse. <laughs> But that that's that's pretty much all I've been that, that's the that's the highlights of what I've been playing. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And I think that brings us to Alice. Bring us home here. Well, I have successfully finished eating dinner. Finished I finished eating a while ago. It doesn't actually bring us home. Anna Marie has like forty five games to go through, but <laughs> <laughs> Alice has finished dinner and you're still playing Final Fantasy fifteen. Well, it was because it came out on PC this week. So you're going to play it again? Yes. I didn't finish it on PS4. Oh, okay. You remember it... we had this discussion, like, what, three weeks ago I or something? I don't know, it was another country. What, do you have, um, <laughs> do you have any, I don't know, is there any improvement for the PC version? It actually runs better. Oh, okay. Because um, I don't have a PS4 Pro, I just have a regular PS4 and um because well I, you know i managed to get my 1080 ti before the uh the crypto miners got there um so it runs really well actually square enix have done a really good pc port i i you know I, given square enix's other um history with PC ports, which I'm sure we'll get onto in the new section. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. All their PC ports are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird in that, um, like, the, the Final Fantasy XIII uh, PC ports, with the exception of the first one, which I think was patched later, have actually been pretty good. Uh, and so Final Fantasy XV, no exception. Um, runs really well, looks great. Uh, I've got actually managed to get further in it than I managed on the PS3, PS4. Um, yeah, it's Final Fantasy 15. What more are you expecting here? Is it is it wrong though that I paint my regalia white just so I can see the dirt textures on it? Yeah, that's that's pretty wrong. I think you never want to okay. see the dirt on your car. All right, so this has the Royal Edition stuff. What does that do for you? So I think that's every piece of DLC they've released up to this point on the PS4. So a lot of outfits that give you various bonuses. Um, it's kind of less the outfits and more the um, uh, like the epi various episodes. Oh, have you done any of those yet? No, I was going to finish okay. the game first. That makes sense. Um, um, okay. So the three episodes that they've released, uh, Prompto, Gladio, and... Uh, Ignis. Uh, they've also put the multiplayer mode in. Um, and I don't know what the other stuff is, but everything, basically everything else. The, the Oh, the updated version of Chapter... Which was the chapter that they did? They sort of did a V2 on? 13. Yeah, so a new version of Chapter 13. Um, what else? 
the new, the updated the, armature, the some tweaks to the combat. I yeah, whatever. The ruins of um, insomnia. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyways, yeah, it's all that stuff. Does that answer your question, Chris? Yeah, it does. Um, did you play any multiplayer, or is that? Um, I uh, no, I fired it up. It it I haven't played with anyone yet because I only did the introduction. Okay. I know is it that kind like of a does... totally separate mode then? I don't get what you it's do a, in the multiplayer. It's a it's a separate mode in that um it you play a character that you create yourself. So it's got a character and creator. Just do what? Like does it influence your single player game at all or is it a No, I don't believe game? it's in no, no it, it doesn't influence the single player I don't think, but it does cover some stuff in that happens in the plot during the oh, there's major There's a story to it. Yeah, there is a story to it. Okay. And then you just randomly match make with people. Um, yeah, and do do quests. stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there are a couple of really tough boss fights in it, though. That's what people have told me. Have you? Uh, do you have the access to the like the festival, the Chocobo Moogle Festival, and stuff, or no? Uh, I don't know, but probably. I mean, you oh, see it on the also, menu. Um, I think when you start. There's the also game. Uh, Steam Workshop support. Oh, okay. Any anyone come up with anything cool yet? Well, no, because I don't think they've. Um, I don't think they've released the uh, sort of accompanying tools for it yet. So the only three, uh, there's a few things on there at the moment, um, but those were stuff done by the um, uh, done by the developers. Oh, this game uses is... De Nuvo. Amazing. Um. The uh, Gordon Freeman's HEV suit as a costume. Something's beeping. That's not me. It's Anna Marie. She started a timer. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's um, the Gordon Freeman suit uh, along with a crowbar and his okay. glasses All right. as cost costume options. Oh, yeah, I've got it up here. All right. Um, but I think they, they're planning on releasing some modding tools for it as well. Um... So that people can make their so you can replace your chocobo like, with a horse or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Although uh, I don't think it'll quite match up to the that uh, mod in Skyrim that turns all the dragons into um, uh, Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. Macho, Macho Man Randy Savage. Let's see what we got in the workshop. It literally is just those three things. Wow. Yeah, because as I say, they've not done. No, nope, uh, no. Nope. Someone's got a cactuar. There's a cactuar crowbar, and there's a cactuar suit. Huh. Multiple colors. Suit, yeah. You can't uninstall. You can't. Un it's broken. <laughs> so yeah. So you have to like completely uninstall the mod and the game to tur to turn it off. Yeah. Good it's, job. Uh, it's a little broken at the moment. <laughs> you can't tell what character is which except by their voice. Oh, <laughs> great! Turn it off, and every NPC is still in this suit. Thanks for ruining the uh, game the, with this crappy the, mod. <laughs> the only the only thing I did notice was um, the uh... shit. What was I going to say? Yep. In order to turn it, was... it off, you have to actually uninstall the entire game and the mod. I'm being then... told you can just uninstall the fashion. Well, whatever. Doesn't. Yeah. Oh look, yeah, somebody um, has the game comment. <laughs> the. Uh... The game itself is something like 
No, actually, it was. I think it was seventy-five gigabyte download, something like that. So funny. Uh, hang on. Let me just check the size of the uh, the old Final Fantasy fifteen folder now. And that's an official it. mod. That Cactuar suit is that mm -hmm. from them? And they mm -hmm. broke it. I don't know if it's an official mod, but I mean it's. I think I thought the only in official their workshop, one was the so they have to uh, have approved it. It's hard to tell what's what. Okay. As far as I as far as I know, the um the the only like official stuff in quotes was the Half Life stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it, as far as I know, the way that they have the workshop set up is only stuff that they've approved can be in the workshop. Every single ah, comment right, okay. for all three of the Cactuar suits is about how people were able to remove it. Like, here's what I had to do. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. <laughs> um, Don't download this. Oh, I've not. Um, yeah, the game is the game is eighty five gigabytes. Oh, is that all? All right. And also, there is which something I haven't downloaded because I didn't know it was there. Was there is actually a high resolution texture pack as well, which is an optional download, which I think is something like another sixty gig or something. Is that for four K? Yeah, that's for like four K cutscenes and stuff like that. Mm. I wonder if I have that. I must on my PS four. Oh man. Well, I mean, I'm going to add it because I didn't know it existed previously. You have a 4K monitor, right? Um, possibly. I can't remember. Yeah, higher than 1080, at least. Yeah, it's slightly higher than 1080. Yeah, that's worth it. Do this. Um, so yeah, no, I think I'll add that. 1440p, 2K. Yeah, I think it's 1440p from what I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've not. I think I'm only on chapter six, seven, maybe. I've still got a way to go. Oh, yeah. So the the, the high resolution texture pack is 63.1 gigabytes. All right. You're in chapter six or seven. How many hours into it? Uh, 11. Wow. Uh, I think I was like 60 hours in chapter three. <laughs> yeah, that's because I was like, um, you know, that's basically what I did on the PS4, and oh, this okay. time, you know, I'm going to try and actually like get somewhere you know rather than spending yeah. all my time doing side quests. All right. So, so how it is? Um, the other game I've been playing, um, at least that I was going to talk about, was um, a game called Heat Signature. Um, I don't know how people are, are people familiar with a game called Gunpoint. Yes. Yeah, so Heat Signature, Signature is by the Gunpoint people, and this is where you're going into spaceships and then shooting yourself into space to get back to your ship after you're done with a job, and it's amazing looking. Yeah, it's basically um, a cross between uh, Gunpoint and Hotline Miami. Because <laughs> it's instead of uh, Gunpoint was 2D, but from a, like a side-scroller perspective, whereas uh, Heat Signature is top-down. And... It's pretty much as Chris says. Um, you take your little your little um, pod containing you, and you sneak up on ships and dock with their airlocks, and then you go on board and do missions from like kidnapping people, uh, blowing things up, hijacking the ship itself. Um, the game is real time, but has a um, pretty flexible like pause system. Where you can do a lot of, you can pause the game whenever you want. You can click buttons and stuff while the game is paused. Um, in order to do some of the hardest, like harder missions, you probably will have to use that pause functionality a lot. I just tend to be in a hurry. 
Um, and it's there's a kind of um, I, I I don't know. I I kind of hesitate to call it a roguelike because I'm not quite sure how much of it is randomly generated. I think the ship layouts are fairly random, and the element of how the characters you there are four characters that can be active at once, and they have their own inventories and their own. Um, you can equip them with different weapons and stuff like that, and they have their own like character-centered missions. Um, but if one dies or retires, all that happens is it gets replaced with another one, and stuff like that. Hey, wait, why is Final Fantasy 15 running? <laughs> it knows. Uh, no, I think I um, I think when I started the download of that um, high definition texture packet, uh, started the game. It, yeah, it started the game up as well. Huh? It's not what I asked for. Go away. <laughs> um, I don't know how much it is on Steam right now, um, but it is a lot of fun. Um, how much time have I put into it so far? Heat uh, signature. Only seven hours. And yet, somehow, I've still done sixty percent of the achievements. Huh. Heat signature is fifteen dollars. Yeah. Okay. Might be worth getting grabbing on sale. If you liked Gunpoint, then you'll probably like this a lot. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I did like Gunpoint, so I should. I mean, this is on my list, right? Well, it is now. I just never got around to this one. Speaking of games, I haven't gotten around to, and I didn't hear any of you guys talk about it. Did any of you guys play the new game from the FTL people? Uh, I haven't, but David has been playing quite a lot to. of it. Um, if you like um, turn-based strategy games, you'll probably really like it. Anna likes turn-based strategy games, but she won't try it. Just like, be prepared. I like TRPGs, so I don't necessarily like turn-based strategy. I'm really hitting this outside of RPGs. Yeah, what I don't know about Into the Breach, uh, the game's name is Into the Breach, by the way, um, and it's a turn-based strategy game, um, but it is run-based, right? It is, uh, you do, well, I guess it's run-based, but there's time travel, so I guess, yeah, so I don't know. Basically, <laughs> time, travel is ha- time travel is how the game's story This whole structured. week is about broken time travel. <laughs> um, the idea being that um, you... Um, play with a squad of three giant robots or tanks or aircraft. How do I tell the difference? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, so you, there are only, you only get three units. Um, it is in the structure of where you take your whole turn first, uh, and then the enemy takes their whole turn. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on, um, pushback mechanics as well as dealing damage so enemies like telegraph their attacks uh at the start of your turn or the end of their turn i guess um and with all missions they all have like a turn limit which is like four or five turns long and at the end of that limit the enemies just will retreat so some of it can just be a case of holding out rather than killing everything um there's bonus chapters on top of that as well uh, but the, the the time travel comes in where if you lose, uh, so either your guys all get taken out, um, you lose enough of the civilian structures, which basically function as a kind of global health bar, um, your characters basically declare that timeline lost and jump to another timeline. And that resets the game back. And that resets the game back to the beginning where you try for another run. Yeah. Um, is I think that progression? Was what I don't understand. 
Yeah, so it's possible to unlock new pilots, which have um, like different skills, uh, new squads of Mecha to deploy, and you can. Uh, there's even like a, a customized one where you can pick three. Normally, they come as unlocks as a squad of three, and they have their own like gimmicks. There's like a one that uses lightning weapons. There's one that uses weaponized smoke, stuff like that. Um, but you, there's a like a customized one where you can just mix, mix and match out of the stuff that you've unlocked. It's pretty cool. I know. How, how much time have you put into into the breach, David? He doesn't know. Lost count. All right. Fair enough. No, no, I say he's put a lot of time into it. Just uh, the Steam. So his computer's literally next to mine. Into the breach. He's already played 12 hours. And I think out of those 12 hours, he's completed the game twice. Oh. Seems a lot easier than FTL. Um, yeah. Um, that's still off, like, off the back of, um... I don't know how many runs he's actually done, but he's only won two of them. Mm -hmm. So it, it's probably about on normals, probably about as difficult as it was, perhaps, maybe. Don't know. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm planning on getting it at some point anyway because yeah. it looks cool. You can just share it. <laughs> that is true, actually. <laughs> I completely forget about. Yeah, Steam. Yeah, Steam family sharing is pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Alrighty. Um, cool. So let's do some news because that's a lot of games we talked about. <clears throat> and now I just want to play Into the Breach, which I don't even know if that's going to happen. Oh, wait. Oh, Anna. Mm -hmm. What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of things because I haven't been on the podcast in like two months. <laughs> right. I forgot. <laughs> it's been like an entire podcast since we started. So you tell me. Mm hmm. <laughs> Did you right. finish anything? <laughs> no? Okay. Yes, I finished God Wars while I was in the hospital after my surgery. Yay! Just in time to find out that the that the better version is coming out. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then since the DLC patch came, or since the retranslation patch came out, um, like the day before I went into the hospital, um, I decided to play Ease 8. So I thought the game was great. Um, I thought the translation was fine. And why are you putting the camera on me? Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I thought the translation was fine. Even with no big hole? Even with no big hole, I thought the translation was fine. Um, you know, I don't does, know. Does... What, I don't know what the translation was like beforehand, so I don't have a, a comparison point. But it made total sense to me. It sounded fine. I couldn't tell where they inserted new stuff. So I think they did a really good job. I, I personally thought the reaction to it was kind of overblown, and their problem was that they had some particularly, uh, particularly humorous and obvious mistakes in it. You know, stuff like big hole really stuck out, but the rest of it was fine. Yeah, I didn't really. The only thing that I noticed that stuck out to me was the one guy talking about his huge dumps, but I didn't know if that was in the original or not. 
Um, See, that was directly in the original. That is okay. a Yeah, exact... he still talks about... Yeah, he's just a a raw character. <laughs> so, yeah, that hasn't changed. He's still... He's still brusque. Um, I think they did change something because I was... They, they did change stuff. Um, because there were a few times that I got um, stuck and I googled the name of the quest and I got nothing. And I started like googling around like the the concept of the quest and I then I struck upon it and realized yeah okay they changed the name of this quest. Um, I also think they changed the name of the dinosaurs. Really? Yeah, so in my playthrough, they're called Primordials. Oh, yeah, they were like ancient beasts or something uh, like that originally? Yeah. Yes. So that's a major change. And so, yeah, there's a few major changes, a big thwack of minor changes, and then obviously some retranslation choices like big hole yeah so yeah i i really enjoyed the game i enjoyed the localization um no complaints from me another one you played right before they announced a switch version yeah <laughs> yes so apparently <laughs> if you want something to be announced for switch the answer is to ask me to play it <laughs> uh, me to play it too because I played a lot of games last year that ended up like that. So, um, yes. I Then I continuing through my backlog of games that I got um, through uh, gifts. I then played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. And I think I talked about this before on the podcast. Um, but I actually didn't play Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga back on the Game Boy Advance. Um, and I don't really remember why I owned it, I think, or at least I played it at a trade show. I remember being in that first area. I remember doing some of the puzzles in that first area. I don't remember doing anything past that first area, so... If I owned it, I probably loaned it out very quickly and never got it back. <laughs> so it was really cool to play it for the, for basically the first time for me. And um, Bowser's Minions was a really cool little mini game. I actually got further in that game than I did in the main game. So I had to stop playing that game and go back to the main game. So it's like a wave-based game. So I've played mobile games that are like this, where you have like a a set of people with a commander, and there's a rock-paper-scissors system. So you have to sort of mix and match your units versus what they're going to put out. And your commander can like wreck the triangle. I'm not explaining this well, am I? So, nah, I'm kind of lost, but that's okay. Okay, so there are melee units are strong against range units. Range units are strong against flying units, and flying units are strong against 
melee units. But your commander is also either a melee unit, a ranged unit, or a, fly or a flying unit. And the type of your commander trumps the type of your units. So if you have a bunch of range units and you're going up against flyers, which they should be strong against, but your commander is a melee, which flying units are themselves strong against, your ranged units will not do the damage they should against the flyers. Okay. So you have to not only think about which units you're bringing in, but which commander that you're bringing in. That's very important. And so you're all you're playing as Bowser's minions. So you have a Goomba, and you have a Ghost, and you have a Koopa Troopa, and the story is really funny. And you're bringing all. Um, who's the guy? I have Fury. Oh, Fawful. Yeah. So Fawful has brainwashed all of the the Koopalings, and you're fighting to bring them back to their senses, so that you can go rescue Bowser. And it's it's a cute little story. I put a ton of time into it. I I totally finished it. It was very adorable. And I also finished Superstar Saga. So, yay! Um, I did use the easy mode on a few of the bosses. Most especially the final boss. Because dodging those attacks was just not going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow, that boss is hard. And I knew what what I was going into because I'd seen lots of speedruns of Superstar Saga. And so, yikes. Yeah, that boss was hard. And But I'm really glad they'd have easy mode because it makes it accessible for people like me who suck at dodging. Mm -hmm. um, and then, because I was continuing through my backlog of holiday games, I then played Pokemon Ultra Moon! So I decided to play Ultra Moon because I played Sun, so I wanted it to be a little different. And so it was a little different. Um, and it was cool because not only was there like this new sort of storyline um, threaded through the main storyline, but there's like actual significant differences between Sun and Moon that make it feel different. So, for example, when you go to the first trial, you um, face Young Goose in Sun, but you face Rattata in Moon. And so that was a cool thing to discover. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. So, and in terms of how different the ultra version is the first island has a has a things that are kind of different and then the second island has things that are kind of different and then the third island is completely identical which kind of bummed me out and then the fourth island goes completely off the rails and is the nothing's the same after that and I don't want to spoil it. But like yeah, that everything last... changes. Yeah, that last island <clears throat> is pretty different. 
completely different. The the So it's not the same story like we thought it was for a while. Yeah. No, it's totally different. And I mean, even within so the third island is the only thing that stays the same. Even the story on the first two islands is different. The structure remains the same, but how you go about it changes. So you're still doing your island challenge, but even the flow of the island challenge changes pretty. There are distinct differences. So I had a lot of fun with it. And it actually kept me interested enough to do post-game content, which games don't do. So I did the first three um, post-game stories... Um, including the Team Rainbow Rocket Tale. So that was really fun. And then Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology showed up, so I played that. And then I dove back into my backlog, and I'm playing Metopia! Yeah, your uh, final boss of that is very ironic. <laughs> yes. So I decided that I was going to use people that I knew for my party and the good guys and the bad guys. So Lucifer is the Dark Lord. It's extremely appropriate. Oh my gosh, and it's so so well. It's for it's, that. it's amazing how yeah. well it works. And so my party is myself and Chris and um, Max Storm, and then my friend Tom. And the great sage is Power Lord. And I'm going to put up screens later this afternoon. But the king in the kingdom is Alex, so Severin. And his daughter, the princess, is Nyx. Um, her me is called Sammers. And then the two princes competing for her are like two generic me's I had in my... Um, in my, um, oh my gosh, what was the name of that game? Tamagotchi Life? For what? I'm sorry. Do you mean uh, Tomodachi Life? Thank you. I knew I was saying that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the island game. Because I thought it would be weird having people we knew trying to seduce Sammers. Mm. So... It's been an interesting adventure because Chris and I are really close. Yeah. And you then, didn't ditch me like you did in Tomodachi Life. And then, like, there's this weird love triangle between Chris and Tom and Mac. What? You didn't tell me about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been slowly developing over this morning. Okay. <laughs> over this morning. Huh? Yes. No one let me know. <laughs> well, and here's the thing is everybody is constantly mad at Mac mm -hmm. because <laughs> the way that this works is everybody has both a job and a personality. So, um, so for example, Chris is a stubborn pop star. And so he, because he's stubborn, he, he does stupid things. So he finds stuff as he's, as we're going along and adventuring, we find stuff. But because Chris is stubborn, he throws it away. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. And Tom is a cool thief. So he gets targeted a fair bit. But he's cool, so he dodges out of the way. 
Mac. Is there no positive benefit to being stubborn? Um, there is. You get mad if you don't kill something. You're stubborn and you take a second attack. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, there's there's benefits. There's drawbacks and benefits. Um, Mac is laid back, which means if something targets him, he hides behind somebody else. Mm. This makes people very upset because they instead get hit instead of him. So people are pretty much constantly angry at him. All right. The nice thing is, is because you're a pop star, you have the ability to settle arguments. So at least people are not mad at each other for too long. But sometimes I only settle half the argument. Yeah, sometimes you only settle half the argument. And then I have to put people in rooms together and let them just sort of hash it out. (laughs) But so this love triangle is... so. When you you sort of go into the Metopia is sort of like a, a bunch of little mini adventures going on. So you um, go on the world map, you choose a place to go, you travel down a path and things happen as you go along the path, whether it's a battle or an event. Um, and then at the end of the um, map, you go into an inn. And you resolve whatever happens. So you gain experience, you gain money, you can spin a wheel, you can eat food, you can um, have events happen between the people. You're resting inside of the rooms inside of the inn. Um, There are interactions that can happen. So here's the problem that's happening is because Mac and Tom and Chris all like each other equally, they give each other gifts. The problem is, is whoever is left out of that gift giving peeps in through the window and gets very jealous. <laughs> and then that sours the relationship between whoever didn't get a gift and the person who gave the gift. So everybody is constantly mad at everybody else in my game. <laughs> Except for me. I'm, I'm immune from all of this. No one is ever angry at me, and I am never angry at anybody else. It's all of the guys. Mm-hmm. We got a thing going on. Don't worry about it. We'll you guys, it you guys just... We got to chill? <sighs> Y'all need to chill. Okay. Do, do you send me a way to get bananas? No, because Tom being a thief, he steals an infinite amount of bananas. Oh, okay. But doesn't he go shopping and get the wrong thing? You have done that twice, and I'm oh, still me. really upset with you. <laughs> it wasn't really me, Anna. It's just the game. I sw- and then, I mean, here's the thing: is it's like Chris is sitting here playing Monster Hunter World, and his character is doing all of these things that are making me angry, and I have to resist turning around and smacking Chris in real life and telling him stop being an idiot. I didn't do anything. The problem is I do these things in real life, too. Where's my P3 packs, Chris? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. They weren't on the list. <laughs> they weren't on the list. <laughs> so what else did you play, Anna? That's everything. That's everything? Yes, I'm sorry if my six games weren't enough for you. I, I didn't hear you talk much about God Wars, whatever P.U.M. is, or Radiant Historia, so that's why I got confused. Well, God Wars I discussed before I had surgery, oh, so okay. it was just a footnote of, hey, I finished this while I was in the hospital. And you loved it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And other people have thoroughly discussed Ease 8, so it was mostly, well, what's hey, pum? 
Pokemon Ultra Moon. Oh, right. And Radiant Histori, you talked earlier. With Kelly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Everyone's good. Okay. Everybody who's listening at home, you can take a break now. Are we going to put some elevator music in here? No. You do it the hard way. You take a break now. Use the pause button. We'll wait. Okay, did you come back? If you came back, you get to hit, listen to news. Did you wash your hands? Uh, yeah, I oh. hope you washed your hands. Oh. oh. Hey, Chris. What? You should take your camera back. Nah, that's good. Hmm. Just wave at the camera, Anna. The camera likes you. It focused It focused in, on you and said hi. All right, everybody. Atelier Marie is heading to Japanese smartphones. Wait, why are we talking about this? Because it's a really old game that they've decided to remake for smartphones, apparently. It's like iOS and Android in Japan. We have no idea if it'll come here. Probably not. All right. Cool. Okay, everybody. Square Enix is really good at porting video games. This can be seen in the latest release of the game Chrono Trigger for Steam, which came out in a surprise announcement alongside a patch for the iOS and Android versions, right? And uh, it wasn't even a patch; it was a completely new port that was worse. <laughs> it was worse than the old port on iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Everyone says this is a port of the mobile version, but since the mobile version's got a new version at the same time, maybe they're the bad port, and this is just bad. I don't know. But something bad happened in the world of Chrono Trigger this week, and a really bad version that looks like, hey, this is a version that'll work on mobile and PC and doesn't seem to work well on anything, uh, was released, and it's got really bad-looking vid- visuals and icons and uh, the, 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 the menu systems nobody seems to like, and it's got extra features and a terrible filter on top of everything that makes it not look right. It's not the blocky pixel filter. It's one of those crazy, like, you know when you're playing an emulator? Maybe you don't play an emulator. It's good for you. If you do play an emulator, you have all those different scaling filters... Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like they picked the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I think what got to me about this was an interview that was posted with one of the mobile developers, and they were like, wow, people have a problem with the visuals on the Final Fantasy V and VI remix? I didn't know that. <laughs> and Who said this? I can't. Re- I cannot remember. It was a article either on Kotaku or Polygon that was talking about the bad visuals and the ports and apparently they have no idea that people have a problem with these. How? Literally most downloaded mods are ways to fix <sighs> Somebody's not paying attention to their social media, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or the I guess maybe in Japan they don't care? Is, is this I the guess. Japanese developers that we're talking about? Maybe they just didn't get it through translation. It didn't get over the seas. Man, I just got a screenshot up on the on the stream right now, and it's just, yeah, you. The character sprites have a very weird filter. The background is nice and pixely, like I guess it should be. I. The health, I, the menu is um, it doesn't blend well. <laughs> with the art style of the game. <laughs> it looks like a, a, a hyper-modern computer UI on top of an ancient video game, which I guess it is. <laughs> so it, its font uh... is actually too smooth. <laughs> I think they used Arial font, too. <laughs> I don't know. That A ha- <laughs> that A has some weird things going on, so I don't think so. Um, 
at least not in the auto maybe for the rest of it and then the I, the hp and the mp are weird I, things are just weird here so anyway everyone complained about that this week and uh, i guess we could just kind of leave that where it is and it's fine if they do that stuff and people don't like it. What I don't like is when they make these ports and then people don't buy it or complain about it. And they're like, well, see, that's why we're not going to port any of these old games over because people don't like them. And they don't realize they didn't like how you did it. Yeah. There's, unfortunately, there's not a lot of subtlety in the system of just basing decisions off sales. So we're kind of at their mercy to investigate why. But... Given what uh, what whoever heard, maybe um, they're not doing that so well either. <laughs> no, nobody liked the Final <laughs> Fantasy V visuals. We thought they were great. Oh. And what bothers me even more is that it's kind of a catch-22 because nobody's going to want to pay 10 bucks for like a dump of the ROM on Steam either. You know, I bet you they would pay for it, though. Uh, I, I don't no. know. People... T- I reject. People tend, people people tend to expect more when stuff gets ported, unless it's like something like a virtual console. That's well, to me. It's, it would just be like virtual console, but on Steam instead. But it's kind of like what they did. Do something like the Genesis did, with the little uh, the Genesis player, and you get in a little room, and you like, stick your card in. You can change some filters around. It's basically an emulator that you pay for that has ROMs on it. I mean, they could do something similar to, to, to that, and I think it would be okay. Uh, those games aren't $10 each, though, so that's the problem. They're like $250, $5 each. So. Yeah, and Square would want to charge Square tax because they're Square. Oh, it was Kitase who said that. <laughs> Kitase was surprised about it, but I don't think he uh, actually worked on those ports. Uh <sighs> It just bothered me that somebody in their internal was just clueless about people's dis- dislike of it's the graphics. It's Kitase. This doesn't games. surprise me, actually. No. <sighs> I feel so bad about this, but yeah. Having interviewed Kitase, yeah, I don't surprise this. No, I mean, people that high up are pretty... Um, clueless? removed no no those aren't really good words for it they're just (sighs) coddled isn't the right word insulated they're they're insulated from that kind of stuff so it seems like a lot of the times they well and either that or they're just good at acting and um I, i wouldn't put it past them but it does seem like a lot of the stuff is like reacting to the first time when they're brought up in these interview sessions at like E3s and, and various conferences where press people who decide to go for it actually ask these these questions like, why is this so bad? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And they're either oh, that's, that's either the first time they're getting this feedback because they're so insulated or they're just really good at saying, oh, I don't know what you mean. It's a wonderful product. You should try it. <laughs> Which I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'll be honest with you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Chrono Trigger, basically, the the long and short of that with the Chrono Trigger is um, people are hoping modders will fix it. So we'll wait and see. Because <laughs> they did a lot of work to make the 5 and 6 stuff look a little bit better. So maybe that'll happen here too. 
Okay, Ash of Gods is um, a game with roguelike storytelling. And if you don't know what that means, it's okay. They put out a trailer you can watch that tries to explain it. I watched it. I didn't understand it. But uh, <laughs> the point is that it's a roguelike where anybody can die as you work through, and like the game will just keep going. Like it, The game can deal with it. There's no game over screen. The story can deal with anybody dying, which makes me always wonder, well, then how impactful can the story be? But, um, well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. It's like, mm, is it just going to be very generic or insert right. character's name here? I don't know. But uh, unfortunately, the trailer doesn't do a good job of making me understand how well that will handle. And I don't know. We'll someone have to check it out. All right. So Battletech is about to come out from Paradox Interactive and Harebrain Schemes. This was a Kickstarter game. Um, going to launch in April 2018. I think I actually backed this one. Pre-orders of the games are now available for 40 bucks, And they have a trailer out, so you can go check that out. It's a strategy RPG based on a long-running Battletech gaming franchise that... I don't really, I haven't heard about until they had this Kickstarter came back because I think it's one of those older pen and paper games, right? Or is it a board game? I don't know. Board, it's it's a miniature game. Miniature it's a board game. game. Okay. Yeah, right. it's both. So, but anyway, it's mechs and it's tactical. So this could be good. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the things I'm most excited for this year. I can't wait. So I need to add that to my sheet. Let me put that tab. I actually still have my old BattleTech um, starter third edition. I busted it out. I'm, I primed all the mechs. I'm going to paint them. Ooh, cool. All right. The Alliance Alive got a demo. Hannah, do you care about the Alliance Alive? I'm waiting Isn't that for the reviews. Next? Oh, okay. I was going to play it, and Anna was going to gauge my reaction on it. This is yeah. the follow-up to a level 5 game or a different game? Um, no, Legend of Legacy. Legend of Le- Legacy. Yeah. I, for some reason, I keep thinking that's... I don't know what I think. It's, it's a saga game. I played it and I was like, I don't like this. This is a saga game? Yeah. yeah. These, uh-huh. Both of them are follow-ups to the saga series. Okay. But they don't say saga. No, they're kind Different of spiritual. Company. Oh, spiritual saga. Oh, for goodness sake. All right. I remember people not liking the last one. Right? I, I enjoyed it despite some of its um, quirks. We'll put it that way. It's the one with the frog, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I remember. I, <laughs> it had a frog. I, <laughs> I think this one is going to have a little bit more of a story because Legend of Legacy was kind of lacking a overarching arc. All right. And uh, another news, um, Yakuza 6 had a demo come out, and then the demo went away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it accidentally could unlock the full game. And people found out how to hack the demo to make the whole game playable. Nah, it turns out it didn't really take much hacking. Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh. <laughs> did people get their demo taken what away? Did they when have to they... Do? Yes, they revoked the licenses uh, from okay. the people who got it. Um, the demo. Well, good was... on them. They can do that. Yeah, the demo was supposed to let you play through the prologue, the main story, sub story, uh, and with your main story and sub story progress to carry over to the full game. So you just play the demo and then, yeah, uh, carry it over when you get the actual game on April seventeenth. Um. Did they put the demo back up? Nope. Oh, nope. nope. Okay. <laughs> Just like, uh, forget this. Demo, go bye-bye. <laughs> okay. And... and so basically what they're doing is they're watching your trophies. Uh-huh. If you get a trophy outside of the, like, places where the demo lets you work, your license gets revoked. Oh, Okay. 
All right. Um, there's a game called Octoon Cthulhu Tactics coming from Octoon. So this is World War II plus Cthulhu. I think we talked about it a little bit back in the back. They are um, they're on Kickstarter, and they're going to make it come out on console uh, for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, uh, in addition to the previously announced PC version. So if you want to check out that Kickstarter, is that Kickstarter done? Must be done. It can't still be going at this point. Uh, where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? Well, they f- they they hit their goal, so it's happening. <laughs> it's the important part to know. So uh, you can look forward to that. There's a little trailer up of the game up on the site, so you can see that if you want. Uh, For the King is coming out fully in April in PC, and then uh, console versions next year. That's from publisher Curve Digital. It's a strategy, a, a strategy RPG, and a strategy RPG. Yay! <clears throat> Are you interested in this one? Mm, I think it's only PC, right? Uh, next year they're going to have console releases. Oh, then ask me next year. Yeah, sure. Okay. This was also <laughs> a Kickstarter game, and you fight a polar bear. It looks like so. All right. Interesting art style. Very blocky. I'm not sure. Oh, there's the map. That's a tactical map. That could be. Looking forward to some reviews of that. See if I'm going to sink into that. Um, there's a game called World Neverland coming to Switch. Um, or out on Switch. Now. Oh, wait. Out on Switch in five days. Called World Neverland Daily Life in the Elnia Kingdom. It's from de- Japanese developer Alfie. And it is... Well, it's originally out on iOS and Android. The Switch version runs completely offline and removes microtransactions. Yay! Um, I don't see a Peter Pan in the tra- in the trailer for this game, so I don't know if they can really call themselves Neverland. But you know, whatever. Um, Did you see Michael Jackson? Oh. E- so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Anna. Have you looked into this game at all? Is this like <laughs> you game? I see lots of um, people walking around and interacting with like plants and shopping i don't know i haven't looked at it enough it's a switch game and i'm working on my backlog on vita so i watched the trailer and i'm getting a very atelier vibe from it which that could be my thing yeah but atelier looks so stylish and this doesn't the menus and the battle system a cherished memory hold in your heart forever so it's got a great translation. <laughs> and the oh this looks terrible. Forget it. Uh Ghost of a Tale is coming out for PC in March. Uh from indie developer Seth CG. Uh it's an RPG and you play as a mouse. It's an it's another game in 2018 where you control a mouse. This time it looks like you're a male mouse as opposed to the female quill and you're you're dealing with frogs and rat people. Or not rat people, just rats, I guess. And you're running around, sneaking around, and doing things, and you've got a loot. So maybe you're a jester. I don't know what's going on. Or a bard. I think this one looks pretty cool. I've had it on my wish list for a little bit. It does. It's an early access. It is um, coming out March 13th, so three days from now. It'll be 25 bucks. So I'm looking forward to reviews on that. And... Okay. With that, we go on to Dragon's Dogma on the 360s going away. So they're going to take down the 360 servers for, for the game's Dragon Dog, Dragon's Dogma, but they are not taking down the PS3, PS4, Xbox One, or PC version servers, um, which would make sense since a number of those just recently came out. 
Um, so sorry if you're on playing on 360, you're going, your servers are going away. And I think you could still play the game. You just can't do the multiplayer pawn rental from other players or fight yeah. the Ur dragon, whatever that is. So not a big deal, but a important announcement nonetheless, if you're still playing it. Square put out a teaser for Valkyrie Profile Lenneth. Yeah, and then they announced that it's just a port to iOS and Android, which made people go... Ree! Oh, of the PSP version? <laughs> Most likely. We assume so. Yeah. Most likely. That would be hard to play. Okay. Yeah, it would be. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of running around, and I well, would like a D-pad for that, you know? There's a lot of running around, and there's a lot of combos with the... Uh, battle system that yeah. are kind of integral to the battle system yeah i don't know how that's gonna work it's almost like that's a terrible idea you know what i want i want a whole new translation for that game and i want a story mode and just play it as a movie for me that's what i need because i had trouble following that game story i'm alone on that apparently okay Bamco has put out record, or they put out an announcement for Record of Grand Crest War. No relation to Record of Agarest War. Or Lodos War? No. Well, sort of. No. Well, it's written by the same guy. Okay. But it doesn't seem to have a connection to Ag Agarest War. Or Lodos War either. Okay. <laughs> All of these record of insert the war seem to have no relation to each other other than people can't think for, of a damn better title. I'm rec I'm waiting for record of console wars. <laughs> no. I guess we have that with no. Neptunia. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we have that. Well, record of Grand Crest War takes place in a fantasy world on the continent of At Atlantan. At Atlantan. Okay. What? I'm just reading it. Whose landmass and borders are quite clearly inspired by Europe, whose disasters are caused by an unknown entity known as chaos. Oh, I, I read that wrong, sorry. As an entity known as chaos. Its populace is governed by lords who can use crests, both of those are capital, to suppress the power of chaos, not capitalized. However, the lords, capital, have started fighting amongst each other for territory and power. The series stars a mage named Seleuca, who harbors a dislike of unidealistic lords, capital, and a knight named Theo, who aims to free his hometown from tyranny. The gameplay portion of the trailer shows players commanding squads led by commanders in turn-based tactical battles so you can watch that trailer now and uh tactical battles anna tactical yeah. battles yeah i'm i'm uh, tentatively it's a interested. little too hyper realistic for you well not no and then it's anime i don't know this could go either way yeah i, I mean i looked at the trailer and i'm like we need more the, a lot of those battles weren't shown with any ui right so it's not clear how you play this game and that's my sort of hesitation. And we just know it's coming to Japan. We don't know when it's coming here. It'll be out on PS4 in Japan on June 14th, 2018, one day before my birthday. Right. Code of Princess is coming to Switch. Anna, did you ever play this on 3DS? I know no. we got it for you. But you didn't play it. No. Okay. Are you going to play it on Switch now? Mm. Or did you hear about bad reviews and got tired of it? This looks like a big improvement. <clears throat> I heard that the game is really, really short. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember why I didn't play it for 3DS. This new version is called Code of Princess EX. It's being put up by Nikalis. It'll be released in the summer of 2018. Oh, then. We love dealing with Nikalis, right? <laughs> what? 
And probably not. Just because of that? <laughs> Just because of how irresponsible Tyrone is at E3? Is that really what it is? <laughs> the game will be available both physically and digitally in North America, priced at $39.99. Code of Princess EX has various enhancements, including HD graphics, local co-op, improved AI, and a new character leveling system. Um, yeah, this was originally put out by uh, another company. Whatever. <laughs> I think Atlas, Atlas published yeah, it. Atlas yeah, Atlas here. published yeah. it on the 3DS. And um, who's putting it out here? Oh, Nicholas. Nicholas. Right. Yeah. And then... Which is interesting to me because I I am really curious why Atlas would pass on it. I they, that they... that tells me either the 3DS version like didn't sell didn't sell well or they were asking for a really high buy-in for it. I really like the fluid animation in this new version, so. It's looking fun. I don't know if the game's any fun to play, though. I mean, it's a side-scrolling heard... hack and slash, right? So, uh, I've heard, like I said, I've heard that it's very short. I'm getting kind of a low-rent Guardian Heroes vibe from the uh, Guardian Heroes gameplay is, a, that you... is of the other game that this company made. Oh, there you go, then. Oh, well, yeah. Wait, they've only made two games? Guardian Heroes came out a long time ago. <laughs> and then that remake. Hmm... Um, I think I'm thinking of the right company. I need to play Guardian Heroes HD or whatever that was called. What am I waiting for on that? Oh. <sighs> uh, someone's going to send us an angry email and tell me that I'm wrong now, aren't I? The fractured butthole heads to Casa Bonita. <laughs> it's a new DLC from Dust to Casa Bonita and it'll be available on March 20th. 2018 for ps4 xbox one and pc all new story campaign new class and new companion and if you're into the south park game and you want more of it there you go paranoia the tabletop rpg i have no idea it's getting a pc version <laughs> paranoia the official video game yes that's the name is being developed by cyanide in conjunction with irish studio black shamrock and will be released for pc and consoles though no date has been provided uh, Paranoia is a humorous tabletop RPG set in a dystopian future where player death is a very frequent result of even minor transgressions. Players are put in the role of troubleshooters, agent tasked by the AI overseer, the computer, with hunting down potential threats to Alpha Complex. And the players themselves often play the part of those threats as well. Each player has access to multiple clones, which replace them and allow the player to continue in the certain event of their death. I've never played that pen and paper game, but that sounds neat. And could probably make a good video game. All right. Here's one everyone crazy over. Saga Scarlet Grace is going to additional platforms. Uh, I don't know. In Japan. Uh, people on our feed really cared about this, but I don't know anything about this game. Um, it's a... It's, it's a, a... Yeah, it's a Saga game. And you have... People in our circle are crazy about Saga games. I, why? I don't know what Saga games are like, because I haven't played any. They're basically... Japanese RPGs with Western style sensibilities. So you... the only saga games I know are like Final Fantasy, Legend. <laughs> like basically, you um, you level up skills by using them a lot, kind of like in Skyrim, and you're ba you're given free route free reign of the world from the beginning, so you can kind of do quests at your own pace and make your own fun. Okay. Well, Saga Scarlet Grace is coming to Switch in Japan. Did it come out here at all? No. Okay. No. So, 
And it'll also be for, out for PC, PS4, iOS, and Android in Japan in the summer of 2018. So, But since it's on PC, we assume it's going to get a localization. Okay. That's what's making people so excited about this announcement. So this was originally a Vita game in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, we'll And see. people were like, well, it's Vita exclusive, kiss of death. It's never coming out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaijin Monogatari in our comments says the Alliance Alive is still the better saga game. Yeah, I can see that. All right. And uh, that news was released as part of the Nintendo Direct. Here's the rest of the Nintendo Direct. Oh, my gosh. So many things in the Direct, people. First of all, Anna, there's another Mario & Luigi game coming. Yeah. So this kind of made me sad. Don't you like Mario & Luigi games? Yes. So what's wrong? This is Bowser's Inside Story. Oh, okay. What's wrong with that? Well, three things. One, they skipped Partners in Time. Oh, did you like that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's my favorite one. Two. before or after the Dream one? uh, Way before. Partners in Time was the second one. Okay. And, uh... Two... I didn't like Bowser's Inside Story. Uh Uh-oh. And someone is going to have to remind me, like a long-time listener. I remember playing this game. I remember petering out on this game. I don't remember why I stopped playing this game. Yeah, I've been listening for ages, and I don't remember either. Maybe you just got bored with it. Someone's going to have to remind me why I stopped playing this game. I never finished um, Bowser's Inside Story either, and I don't remember why. Someone help me out here. So the cool thing is, is this is going to have a Bowser's Junior Journey. So it's going to have another mini game like um, Bowser's Minions attached to it. And the third thing is it's not coming out until 2019. So boo. What I'm hoping, and I'm sure this is a complete and total pipe dream, what I'm hoping is going to happen is they've announced this so far out that there's going to be a surprise announcement at like E3 or, or another direct where it's like, surprise, we know that you're so impatient waiting for Bowser's Inside Story that partners in time, we're just going to jam it out now. Uh, I don't think that happens like that. I don't that. think it's going to happen either. <laughs> I, like I, I mean, said, I don't understand. It is my, like, stupid total pipe dream. I don't understand why they would skip, if they're clearly wanting to remake the games, why they would skip over I know. I don't know why they're time. remaking these games. Make new Mario and Luigi games. Make new Paper Mario games. Make Paper Mario an RPG again. Make Paper Mario great again. Make Paper Mario great again. They've already said that they're not going to make... Make Paper Mario great again. I don't care. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Crumble. All right. Uh, They also announced Okami HD coming to Switch. That's coming this summer. I was really high on that announcement until they announced motion controls. Yeah. They don't... You don't have to use them, though. Oh, you don't? No. I think you could draw on the screen, too. Yes. I thought they said that. They said in when you're holding it, it's touch screen, and when you put it in the dock, it's um, motion controls. Yep. Because motion, motion controls ruin the Wii port. 
to me, force motion controls are in almost every game. Or at least give the option to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Project Octopath Traveler has evolved into Octopath Traveler. Da-da-da. And it has a release date, July 13th. They also announced a really cool collector's edition, and it's $100. You get a pop-up book, Ooh, a it's map, a- and a coin. Anna, you're crazy. It's not a cool collector edition. It is really yeah. cool. No, it isn't. No. I almost was going to get it, and I was like, the pop-up eh, book is bucks. really cool. The problem is, is I have priced all three of those things. So it's not uh, Anna, you, nobody could hear what you just said. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's been pricing this and she wants it, but she can't justify it. I can't. I can't. It's just... also crazy. I'm the same way. I was like, ooh, cool, collector's shit. Mm, $100. Not $100. cool. And here's the problem is, is working in the industry has now ruined me from buying collector's editions. Why is that? Because I've priced out all of those things. You know how much they cost. Yeah. And you're like, that is <laughs> not, No. They're way I, overcharging. I cannot justify spending a hundred dollars on that. That pop-up book, I, don't, I need is to see amazing. It. I can't even find a picture of it. I've seen lots of pictures of it. I know. I can't find one right now. I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, the Nintendo of America Twitter. Oh, is that? Octopaths, oh, is that all it does? Twitter? It just opens up into one scene. That's not a pop-up book. Eight-page pop-up book. It says. Yeah. So is it looks like one page. It's like one pop up scene is what it looks like. Okay, fine. It's a pop up book. It's, it's eight really pages that cool. turn into one scene. Oh wait, really? No. 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 <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Alright, so there's eight little scenes and then what I don't know what that does for you, but you get a map. Is it cloth Anna? I can't tell. I don't think it's cloth Anna. No. Uh it's a double sided map. Yep. That's neat. Put pins in it. Um, they also announced two new Get characters. A crappy sound selection CD. Um, they also revealed the um, job system, which is cool because everybody has like a class that they are specifically associated with, and that is static. That doesn't go away. Um, but you, they can also equip a second job, and that sort of um, merges with their class that they always have, and it sort of modifies the abilities that they can use. So like a dancer warrior is different from a dancer chemist. So it's really cool looking. They and they showed off like different abilities and stuff. It was nifty. Um, they showed off the Dark Souls amiibo, and it is that's already the, sold out. It is praising the sun. Yeah, I pre-ordered that, and I'm glad I did, because supposedly it's going to be in very limited quantities. And, and it's GameStop it's already... exclusive. Yeah. Um, Undertale was announced for the Switch. Yeah, I gotta buy it again. Which was coming hilariously out adorable. It's like, hey, Sans, where's the Switch? We're standing on it. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, South Park, Fractured But Whole. Oh, oh. I've been told Octopath Traveler does, has a cloth map. Oh, it is a cloth map. Ladies and gentlemen, it said cloth map on the screen. 
I don't know where they got that from, but oh, a helpful cloth map. It must come from a press release. Everybody, Octopath Traveler Collector's Edition comes with a cloth map. All right? Okay. We got that straight? It's very important. Because I'm an idiot. And I can't read stuff on my screen. <laughs> what are you talking about, Anna? Fractured butthole. Didn't we talk about it already? Mm-hmm. It was also Oh, it's also announced to come out on the Switch at all. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So April 24th, it will include um, the first two DLCs. Um, I forget what the first one is. The second one's Dust to Casa Bonita. And then it will also um, get the third one. I forget the name of the third DLC. They mentioned it in the... Um, what? I don't, a Danger Duck? Danger Deck. That's yes. the first one. No. Yeah. So Danger Deck and From Dust to Castle Bonita will be just smashed in it. Okay. Um, but the third one you'll have to buy separately. Okay. I just forget. Or you just get it. a season pass and get them all. Yeah. Um, and then they gave a release date for Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, which is coming out May 18th. Yay. And they announced Smash. Yeah, they announced new Smash Brothers in a very adorable character reveal trailer for the octolings or the octolings for the squidlings oh and they announced octolings they, they did announce octolings for splatoon 2 but nobody that's cares not, that's not we don't play that us, yeah but... now do you think it's going to be a new smash or do you think it's going to be a port of the wii one no I, I don't know everyone i've seen it go both ways in the internet um he stopped working on the old smash over two years ago at this point okay so it could be signs point to new Signs point to new or no, depending on how you say it. if it was a port, it would have come out like a year ago when MK came out. You think? Mm. Also, if it was a port, it would, the announcement would lead into a holiday release. It wouldn't lead into con season. Well, well, I assume they're announcing it now because they've got the uh, Nintendo network coming out that they want you to pay for. So this will be the thing to get you to pay for online. So does that mean no 3DS version for this Smash? No. No 3DS no. version. It's going to be a Switch exclusive. I didn't like the idea of a 3DS version anyway, just because I, I, I didn't buy it because I didn't want to rip up my circle pad. I put more time into the 3DS version than I did on the Wii U version. All right. Well, that's oh. the Nintendo... Oh, 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 oh. but. One news what? thing that I think I thought we had on there, but I guess it's off now. Help me. The new Shining game that's getting coming over to the West. I um, think we talked about that. We talked that. about that on the 24th. Oh, okay. The one I missed. Never mind. Yeah, Shining Undertale Undergarments. What's it called? Shining, Shining Resonance. Shining Resonance. Okay. <clears throat> I this can't wait for I'm that. one I'm upset about because Shining, the Shining World has all these like various species and stuff, and this one seems to be all humans. Mm-hmm. And it's like what? Shining Resonance Refrain. It's like, how are you a Shining game then? Otherwise, you're just a Tales game. <laughs> I know, but it looks so fun. <laughs> is, is there at least a hamster with a helmet on? <laughs> Whatever that thing was. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess actually I'm wrong. You're technically a dragon in this game, so there you go. You're playing as a dragon who takes a human form. So, perfect. Maybe, um, uh, first of all, it has dating scenes, so you can get it on as a dragon guy. 
And um, maybe you can turn into a dragon and kill things like Tiki. Who knows? Maybe you'll be lucky, Anna. <laughs> Is that coming outside of Japan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was announced uh -huh. on the PlayStation blog. Okay. So it's coming here quarter three, 2018. This year! Yeah. That could be cool. I had pre-ordered the Switch version. Switch, PC, PS4, Xbox One. Interesting. Hmm. Let's see what else we got. We got some editorials I want to tell you about. Josh thinks Final Fantasy Tactics is garbage. And yeah, that's why I fired him, remember? Yep. <laughs> yep, fired. Um, I'm, yeah, we're not even going to give you airtime for that. Uh, Sam gets backlog and has another update for her backlog in the year, so you can read about how Sam Marcello's backlog is going. Sword Art Online has a fatal bullet review. Uh, don't buy the game. One and a half out of five. Which is weird, because like, isn't this like a third-person shooter game by Dimps? Who? So I thought this would be a little different and more like, um, isn't that the people who make the um, the one where you're killing all the giant bugs? Um, oh, whatever. Nobody knows. This is the wrong crowd. Uh, Secret of Mana got a remake, and we put a review up of it, and uh, three out of five. So that will not help you make a decision whatsoever. That score, but <laughs> maybe you can get some read the content of the review and make your own decision whether or not this is for you. Or if you want to be in the, the hate camp. Well, the problem with Secret of Mana review, if you love the old game, it's probably you're probably going to be better off playing the old one. And if you're new to it, it's not modern enough to... And I don't think it's got enough substance to really get a lot of the new players. So I think that's the problem it's facing. Right. And so this is kind of my dilemma. It's like I'm reading all of these reviews because I didn't really play a ton of the old game so i'm thinking about picking up the remake on vita but none of these reviews are convincing me it's worth it why isn't it on switch i'll keep asking that and i don't care <sighs> right. is it on pc too is that the other thing it's on or is it just vita it's vita and ps4 ps4 is the other thing okay zvai Zvi, Zvi, the uh, the Argus Adventure, Zvi. So this that, is the first one. This is the first one, as opposed to Zvi, the Ilvard Insurrection. But we got it here after the Ilvard. It's an RPG, three and a half out of five. Adrian Denau didn't liked it, so it follows Pockle and Pipiro, step siblings, and with names like that, you know, it's kind of a goofy game. So you can go check that out. And we have a Lost Sphere review. I think we have the only... No, I shouldn't say that. I didn't do this research. Do we have one of the only uh, good reviews for Lost Sphere on the internet? No? It certainly didn't have good buzz when it came out. I, I didn't look up the reviews carefully. I've heard it's a meh I am Satsuna game. Like, it's all right. So Pascal reviewed this one. He liked it. He liked mm -hmm. it pretty good. Four out of five, so... A little bit better than the Setsuna score, I believe, uh, that he gave. And, yeah, you can read his review. Let's see if you agree. See if you disagree. Write a comment and uh, or decide to give the game a chance. And then we move on to some quick news. Valkyrie Chronicles 4 has a demo out in Japan. Um, there is a video up that we have posted where you can see Sega playing an hour of Shining Resonance refrain. Um and they also actually, in the same video, they play an hour of Yakuza Kiwami, but I don't know why that was 
why are they playing an hour of Yakuza Kiwami in that game? Okay, I don't know why. So, Shining uh, Resonance, you can see them play it for like an hour. Uh, it's the English version, right? Yeah. So you, I think so that was just one of their Friday streams. Yeah, so you can get a good sense for how that game is doing and whether or not you want to pre-order it. Get that tab over there for myself. Uh, Deep Sky Derelicts. I don't know what that game is. It's coming out at the end of May. <laughs> I don't remember what this is. It's uh, It was an early access... What is this one? It's a roguelike that combines turn-based RPGs with a card-driven tactical combat system. Oh, I like the sound of that. Um, how's it look? Does it look? Is it all oppressive and modern? It looks like a comic book. Oh, neat. Okay. i drag that tab over. I'm kind of putting together my list for 2018, so look at that later there's a physical release coming for moonlighter that's the piece is that thing out yet no so they're going to have a physical release it is uh the moonlighter we actually looked at at pax last year it is half dungeon crawler half shopkeeping <laughs> and uh they're putting out a physical version for ps4 and switch uh, i believe it's already coming yeah i know it's already coming to pc i don't think it's out yet yeah there's still no final release date um May 2018 for the PS4 and Switch physical versions. So therefore, the digital versions for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch should be out, one would think, either day and date with that or beforehand. So by May, you should be able to moonlight. Anna, are you going to get back into moonlighting? Or did mm. you not get grabbed by that one? Um, I think I will. We have a copy... We have a copy on PC, but I know you don't like to play things on PC except Heroes of the Storm for some reason. Right. I don't understand you. Um, <laughs> Pixel Noir is coming to Switch. This is... Uh, is it? So they already announced PC, PS4, Xbox One. This is the game where it's a film noir backdrop and it's turn-based um, JRPG combat. It looks pretty cool. And it's got music by the Secret of Mana composer. So... Um, I'm actually very much looking forward to this on Switch. Um, I'm going to wait for reviews, but uh, I might actually be jumping into this when it comes out. So I'll put that on the list. Dead in Vinland. I don't know what that is, but it's coming out in April. Uh, it's got Vikings, and you're helping Eric, spelled with an extra I, and his family survive after they exiled to an unknown land. It's set in the same universe as CCCP's previous title, Dead in Bermuda. CCCP, those are the people put out EVE Online, aren't they? Mm. Or is it... No, this is no, a different... that's CCP. That's CCP. This is French studio CCCP. Totally different. No confusion at all No, there. no confusion. <laughs> this is coming up for PC and Mac. Uh, it's a survival management RPG. <laughs> so not for Anna. <laughs> nope. By the way, that's how I... By the way, if you're wondering why I say that all the time, that's my life now has been... Uh, reduced to just defining games as Anna games or not Anna games. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. This is just where I've gone. <sighs> Grim Dawn has uh, is getting, I guess, an expansion. Yeah, called Forgotten Gods. And you're going to leave the bounds of the Aurelian Empire and go find an awakened god in a faraway land. Blah, blah, blah. It's a Diablo game. It's getting an expansion. So if you're into it, you should be happy. Um, Grim yeah. Dawn is on my list of stuff I really should get around to playing. Yeah, I finally beat it in the first expansion not too long ago. Path of Exile got some crazy stuff recently too, didn't it? Or did they just announce it? I haven't played Path in about six months, so I'm not, I haven't 
been keeping up. Giant update, I think, going on there. We're like crafting stuff and I don't know, all yeah. this sort of stuff. All right. Swords we, of. We oh, did... go ahead. Sorry, we didn't even talk about the gigantic rumor that Diablo 3 might be coming to Switch. Is that it's a rumor? Is that a, where is that rumor coming from? Because Blizzard, <laughs> because Blizzard put on their Twitter a Diablo Nightlight, and kept switching it on and off, oh. and people took that as Diablo port, and then some stuff came out where like they and might be Euro working Gamer, on it, and then yeah. Eurogamer had some insider tell them that yes, of course we're working on it. Well, what I've heard from insiders is that they're working on Diablo Four, so well that'd be cool. I have an uncle that works at Nintendo. I yeah, mine's not from an uncle. Mine's from a streamer who supposedly has contacts. So, but <laughs> it's is so Diablo just as reliable. <laughs> at this point, coming to the Switch really a big deal anymore? To me, no. it's just... yeah. I would. I'm more likely to play it on Switch than I am on PS4. Yeah, that's a that. lion bed kind of game. Yeah, but I think a lot of the appeal of the PS4 was you could sit there and play co-op together on the couch kind of thing as well, opposed to playing on a pc i mean you, you are right about co-op. that but for some some families the uh, the husband has trouble or the wife has trouble getting the significant other um to to actually pick up the controller and play with them um not that i'm one of them yes i am so <laughs> you need you to go co- online <laughs> go ahead and if you could do the co-op with two switches kind of like a wireless 3ds thing that no that'd be no really cool. how about d- each take a joy con and play with only a couple buttons and that tiny little screen it'll be perfect or or, or my thing is it has most of the people who wanted to play the level three already played it by now and been tired of it i guess is more of my point hmm. i don't know I, I it'll be a day one purchase for me if it does happen but there we'll was see. another there's a there's a diablo style game in early access that looked really good that someone showed me I can't remember its name now, so I feel like a failure. Darn it. <sighs> we've covered it on the show. but So when they showed it to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 we've seen that. Um, all right, doesn't matter. Swords of Ditto coming out uh, April 24th. Swords of Ditto, if you're wondering, it's an action RPG. Think uh, cooperative action RPG with roguelike elements. So kind of a co-op Zelda game with roguelike. That's kind of what it looks like. And very cartoony art style. And are we going to play this together? Um, have you seen this? It looks very cute. I have seen it. I don't know. Because it's a roguelike, you're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm disappointed this wasn't a Musa game with Pokemon and Dittos. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But you would be into that, wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Uh, Swords of Dittos coming to PS4 and PC. Um... We have the date, well, we have the news that Damascus Gear Operation Osaka is coming to North America and Europe. It is out now, I guess. It's uh, 20 bucks, and it's on PC and PS4 as a HD edition, and it's also on Vita. I know nothing about this. It's the sequel to Damascus Gear Operation Tokyo. It's a mech game? And you have to pay back 100 million iron debt by undertaking various missions. Okay. And you customize your mech with parts. This doesn't look bad. I got to check this out. It goes into the other tab. All right. <laughs> Neptunia V2R hits in May. Anna, mm-hmm. is this the next mainline Neptunia game or is this a remake? 
Isn't it a VR game? I don't know what's happening anymore. Mega Dimension Neptunia V2R. Uh, it's coming out May 8th, 2018 for PS4. It's an enhanced version of Mega Dimension Neptunia V2. This one has graphical enhancements and a revamped combat system. It also includes PSVR support, which players can decorate um, a new player room area, but PSVR is not required. Oh, okay. So you probably want this then because it's the improved version. And that's what you've been playing of all these games. You didn't play V or V2 yet, did you? No. They're console games? <laughs> all right. Excuse me. Checking. All I'm hearing is anime Sorry. come from the other side of the room. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I'm i checking to see if I played this. All right. <laughs> no, you did not play V2R. No, I didn't. I'm checking if I played V2. I don't think you played V. I don't know. I didn't play mm. V. Why not? Because uh, it's PlayStation only, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I played this. You got to play them. We have them. We do. I we? want you to play... Yes, we have all the Neptunia games, Anna. Okay. We've bought all the Neptunia games multiple times. Okay. It's time for you to play the freaking games. Okay. You played all the Rebirth ones, and those are just remakes of the PS3 ones. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the PS4 ones you haven't played. Yeah. Right. I'm to mention Neptunia Victory. i got to find this out now. What did this come out on? This has come out on... PS3, PS Vita, and PC. So you must have played V, no? I, I, I don't. Hang on. Let me look at my log of games. You don't remember. <sighs> Hyperdimension Neptunia V. Sorry. It's also known as Hi- Ultra Dimension Neptune V in Japan. Because I hate this series. This series is so confusing. All right, everybody... V generation. V generation. Yeah, I played it. You played V generation. Yeah, that's it. So okay. now you're you are ready for V two. Okay. Other than the ones that come in between that that you refuse to play, like, um, the crappy brawler. Yes. The crappy zombie brawler. <laughs> yes. The crappy dancing game. The it's tactical a, RPG that I played. Is it a dancing game or is it an idle game? I think it's an idle game. Oh, okay. Practicing perfection. Yeah, we have that somewhere. I we just do can't have find that. it. Yep. And it's on sale right now on the Flash sale. We have it. I know. I can't find it. Oh, really? Yeah, we have a physical version. I just can't find it. Have you been looking for it? I didn't know you were looking for it. Yeah. It's probably in my case. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Ubisoft and Massive Entertainment have confirmed. Oh, this is for Jonathan. Development is currently underway on a sequel to Tom Clancy's The Division. Eh. Eh. (laughs) What do you mean, eh? (laughs) After all that, eh. I played it with you some. Didn't you like it? I, I No. I got tired of it very quickly. So I did was, I. Oh, no. You played a lot more than me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is Alice still on? She played it, too. Nope, she left. I think okay. she left. She had to leave? Okay. I played it 30 hours. No, I think that counts. That is a lot more than Chris played it. All right. So yeah. Division 2 is getting stuff, um, and it's going to be developed by, like, the entire world of Ubisoft. Like... Ubisoft Reflections, Red Storm Entertainment, Ubisoft Annecy, Ubisoft Shanghai, and Ubisoft Bucharest. Because, you know, why not? Uh, updated version of the engine, it is... Uh, we don't know when it's coming. So you'll see more about that at E3, I bet. 
And Earthlock is out now on PC, Switch, um, and in a few locks, a few weeks, it'll be out on PS4 and Xbox in a few locks. One. I thought this game was out a while ago. I'm this is like the redo. This is the redo. Oh, what's new about it? It doesn't suck. Are you sure? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> so they've removed the old version from sale, and all right, so it's coming out on PS4 on March 20th. Xbox One on March 26th. These are not... Uh, Xbox. Some of these dates are confirmed. Some aren't. Go check the story. Stay tuned. Earthlock is coming to all the things in a new updated version. Maybe we'll have a new updated review. Maybe not. I don't know how we're going to handle that. I need Alex to understand that. Um, on Final uh, Fantasy... Alex was ahead. the first one who did it, yeah. but he couldn't... I, I don't think he cared for it enough to even finish it. Nope, he deep looked. <laughs> deep Fair look, enough. yeah. Well, maybe he'll go back and look at the rest. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, if you pre-order or purchase Final Fantasy 15 on Windows, on Origin before May 1st, you'll get the Sims 4 pack for free. That's right. You can dress up as Sims superhero characters in Final Fantasy 15. And with that, I'm done with the internet. This looks <laughs> weird. This looks weird. What is this? And you even get the little gem hovering over your head the whole time. I don't know what's going on with that. And then while we were distracted looking at that news, uh, Nisa online store got hacked. <laughs> they lost the so customer it, payment it, data. <laughs> yeah, so it isn't like if you had data stored on there, you're it, it's okay. It's just if you made a uh, purchase between, what is Two it, like January? dates. Yeah, like January 23rd, 23rd and February, February 28th. January 23rd to February 26th of 2018. So, wait, that's when the breach occurred. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's just... What does that mean? That's when yeah. they... So that's having... when they had Some, a piggyback. Someone, but yeah, how, someone oh, was okay. skimming the data. Someone was skimming the data. So okay. it, it isn't anything and that was stored. they stopped it by the 26th. Okay. Yeah. As far back as the 23rd. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh. <sighs> I think I decided I haven't been wanting to get the NISA Anna, did you buy anything lately. at that point? Nope. Okay. I don't think I did either. I, I think the last thing I bought on there was the collector's edition of Disgaea 5 for PS4. And that was several years ago. That was, I think, even before I was on the podcast. So if you uh, did do a purchase that time, the emails Nisa is sending you are legit. Go follow up on that and see what you need to do. Um, and we have some question of the week answers from several weeks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, these replies are to what game did you always want to finish, but could never get to. And remember the, all of you on the show right now, be thinking of a new question for next week. By the time we get to the end of this section. All right. Shaman writes into the forums and said, I've wanted to get to the end of persona three, but the mood of the game is so depressing. I can never see it through. <laughs> I don't know if I, that's not that bad. Shaman, you can do it. It gets better. All right. Regarding Dragon Quest Builders 2, it was announced as a PS4 Switch port last uh, summer. Or not port, but they haven't said anything about localizing it yet. Um, oh, that's true. That stinks. Thanks for filling us in on that. Uh, Jay Scarp says, in case he doesn't make it on the show... Oh, that's you, jo Josh. My question of the week <laughs> yeah, answer <that's> <laughs> was, can I go with Paradox Grand Strategy games in general as a choice for games you wanted to finish but never could get to? I love all those games, but I don't think I've ever finished one, and if I'm being as honest with myself, I probably never will. Do you agree with well, yourself? Some of them kind of don't yeah, yeah. finish. 
have either you ever finished like an entire game of Stellaris or or the the? Is oh, Stel- crap. I don't think Stellaris Kings. A, is Stellaris is not a grand strategy game like Crusaders Kings is. Is it? Yeah, like Crusader Kings too. That's that, those finished though. Those kind of keep going and going and going. Well, the, well Crus- games, true. some Crus- of them can go from game to game. You can take your save date over, right? Yeah. Yeah, Crusader Kings goes to what is it, Victoria? And Europa mean, Universalis. I think Stellaris is more just like just going. a long civilization campaign. Yeah. Stellaris is like a four X. Yeah. Which got an update recently with Death Stars. All right. Uh, yeah, new DLC. Yeah. I gotta check that out. All right, Victor on the forum says the original version of Radiant Historia did not have any permanently missable side quests or unique items. But for his question of the week, although I finished the Dragon Quest IX main story, I kind of want to play through its gigantic post-game story. The problem is some DQ9 post-game quests are DLC only, and therefore virtually impossible to obtain today. That's true because they came out like daily or weekly different quests that you would have. Um, was it daily? I can't remember. This dilemma, weekly. Oh, this dilemma saps my will to put in the required time to grind Dragon Quest IX class levels. Maybe I'll just wait and hope for a Dragon Quest IX remake. Um, I've also left Shadow Madness, a PlayStation RPG, unfinished because my free time has been split between World of Warcraft, Switch games, PS4 games, 3DS games. Shadow Madness was dated but had a certain homegrown charm. Maybe I'll get back to it in 2018. Um, JRPG T-Mail. Okay. Hey, Chris. JRPGT. Oh, no. oh, that's his name. Bracket. JRPGT. Email. By email. Okay. Hey, Chris. Hello, JRPGT. Glad to see you didn't pod fade. I've been listening to the podcast for many years, and it's hard to imagine Saturdays without a cup of tea, a JRPG, and the sounds of the RPG cast to keep me motivated as I clear out a few side quests. Aw, thank Yay. you. While the Yay. names and faces on the cast have changed with time, and you've gotten slightly better at pronouncing Anna's last name. <laughs> Having it be the same as his is probably <laughs> that does helpful. Help, yeah. I still enjoy keeping up with the last, with the latest news and hearing play impressions from the cast's very knowledgeable staff. Ooh, when are they on? <laughs> um, listening to the podcast has inspired, inspired me to try my hand at commentating. I recently started a Let's Play channel offering critique and analysis of JRPGs along with some editing work to make progression through a game quick and eventful. My first game is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which in retro- retrospect was a poor game to start with, given the complexity of its battle system, the myriad of side quests to complete, and the ample opportunities to get completely lost in the main towns. Complaints aside, I've been really enjoying my time with Xenoblade, and I hope you, Chris, stop living vicariously through Kelly and pick it up again. <laughs> yes, okay. finish I know, it. I know. Can, is, uh, can we find this guy's channel? Oh, JRPG didn't I include T? it? No. JRPGT. Is that what it is? JRPGT? Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, just a handful of views and subscribers right now, so go check it out. JRPG space T-E-A. Go check out his channel. He's got a nice banner that I fully approve because it's matcha tea, and that's amazing, and what a great way to start a Saturday morning. <laughs> so go check out his Let's Plays there, or her Let's Plays, I don't know, and see what you think. Uh, we have some Google Voices, but I'm having issues today. I can't get them to play. We'll get to those later. Um, and if you want to submit feedback to the show, you do it a few different ways. You call us or text us at 608-729-4098. You can send us an email, podcast, or podcast at rpgamer.com. Try to say that too fast. Podcast at rpgamer.com. Or you go to the forums at forums.rpgamer.com and uh, find the latest updates section of the site and uh, post there. 
um, our uh, twitch.tv rpgamer, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. You can see us live every Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and see us read your response live here on the show. Do we have a question of the week for everybody? Ooh, 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 I got ooh. one. Ooh, all right, go for I've it. I've got a suggestion anyway. Right. Like, what beloved, beloved classic RPG that everyone seems to love do you think sucks? Yeah, you beat me to it. I was thinking the same question. Oh, wow. Okay. In honor of you, Josh. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Do you get a lot of bad feedback about that, Josh? I got zero bad feedback. You're That's the really only person disappointing. Who's me That's bad. really disappointing to me. me. Yeah. I'm really sad that the internet is failing in this regard. It, <laughs> political Twitter has pulled everyone's attention away from the important issues, such as trolling people who think Final Fantasy Tactics is bad. Ooh, I already have my answer to this one, too. I have my answer, too. Hang on to them. Hang on save them for, them for next week. week. Or put them in the forum <laughs> thread so that people can... Wait, if we're saving them for next week, does that mean we need to talk about what game we always wanted to finish but never could? Yeah, we're the only ones that never answer our own questions. Yeah, we never answered it. I thought we answered it the week we a- asked them. No? Okay. All right. New, new f- I'm altering the sheet. we got to alter the template. I'm going to the template. Um, question of the week. Our answers. I'm adding that as a block now. And, okay. And um, <laughs> did that wrong. <laughs> there. And now, now we will be reminded to give our answers. So, what game did you always want to finish but never could get to it, Josh? Wait, you already answered. <laughs> you you already answered. answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonathan. The Sky Games. Sky Games, Kelly. Uh, Wild Arms 5, I still can't bring myself to finish it. Mm. Anna Marie. What game did you always want to finish but could never get to it? Um, does not apply. Does not apply to Anna. She finishes her games. and then... Or abandons them when they're not clicking. I yes. feel like I should have... Story. Yes. I feel like I should have 20 answers to this, but I can't remember them right now. What is wrong with me? No, I mean, I feel like there was a good reason that I stopped playing Bowser's Inside Story, but I don't know what it is, so someone's going to have to tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. I have an answer to this, don't I? What's my answer, Anna? I don't know. You're still playing 11. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got back to that, though. Um, there's a game. Like, how about every Yakuza game? Right now, yes. I, I've never that, finished them. You should. Yeah, I'm gonna go with every Yakuza game right now. <laughs> All right, uh, new releases. This is very short. Armello Special Editions coming out on the PS4. It's kind of a board game, but it's kind of cool. I think it'll appeal to a lot of RP gamer type people. It's been out on PC for a while, but it's getting a PS4 release, and I think they're doing a big patch for PC as well. Um, Switch is getting the Earthlock, um, and I guess I have it listed as Earthlock coming out on Switch now, so it's like out. So I think it's coming out, it's already out there, and then you heard it's coming out to everything else. Um, also, Kirby Alert, this is for Sarah McGar. Kirby's coming to Switch this week. Kirby Star Allies, or I guess, yeah, that one's coming this week, right? Yeah. Then on PC, I saw two RPGs that looked interesting. I put their links in the show notes. Chessaria, the tactical adventure, is kind of a chess game, um, but with a twist. And then Lost in the Dungeon, which looked interesting, too. Chessaria, um, eh? Yep. Um... I gotta remember, Lost in the Dungeon was. <laughs> I was gonna remind. How does this work? It was. Yeah, it's a card based dungeon crawler, so that's why I thought that was neat looking. 
So I like cards plus RPG. All right, that's it. Thank you, everybody who's been on. Kelly, Josh, Jonathan, Anna Marie, and uh, Alice, and Kelly, and whoever else I'm forgetting. And thank you, Dale. Oh, Oh, what? I know we're running a little late. Another game that just got released, I think it got missed, was Northgard. Northgard. I think it just came out of uh, PC, at least. I know it just came out of Early Access. What kind of game? Uh, It's like a... uh, I remember it's a Vikings uh, setting, and I think it's an isometric RPG. Plot up here it is, Northgard. Oh, there's no U in it. Oh, it's okay. a strategy game based on North mythology. You control a clan of Vikings fighting for control. So maybe you didn't think it was RPG enough. No, I, I honestly didn't see it listed in anything I was looking at. So it's hard to get con- comprehensive release lists. <laughs> That's probably more strategy-ish, yeah. but we cover some of that kind of stuff. But cool. just so, just throw it out there. But go North ahead. Guard, North Guard on PC. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you everybody for being on. What are you gonna play this week, Anna? Me, Topia. What are you gonna play this week, Kelly? Dragon Quest Heroes. What are you gonna play this week, Jonathan? Uh, War Song and Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. What are you, <laughs> really? you gonna play this week, Chris? Well, I was gonna ask Josh first. Uh, I'm gonna do Yakuza Kiwami. Ooh, nice. And I'm 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 actually since I rolled credits on Monster Hunter, I'm probably gonna play a little bit more post game Monster Hunter. I don't know what I'm gonna play, so I'm gonna powwow with my wife and see see what she'll let me play. But Yakuza Kiwami is actually high up on the list, so we'll see what that Anna, is. Join us. <laughs> make him finish Xenoblade Chronicles two. Well, it's what he plays in bed. So I don't want to like force him to like mainline it because then he won't have a bed game. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll be back here next week. Sorry for the long show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully we'll be more consistent now and can have shorter shows again. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.